Hey, it's Christian. Hey, this is Damon. And this is the Amazing Nerd Show. The Avengers trailer, the final trailer. Yes, dropped. Dropped. Everyone freaking out. Yes. <laughs> Including me. Yes. I've watched it probably ten times. Oh, oh, like I couldn't watch it with sound, so I literally watched it five times without sound at work. <laughs> and then I got home, <laughs> watched it on like, my TV. Reading lips or something? No, it's just like trying to grab all the visuals, I guess. I'm sure you could have taken a break at one point. I know where you work. <laughs> um, what did you think? I thought it was cool. Um, Are you more excited now after the trailer? Personally, no. I'm okay. at the same level. It's I still wanted to go see the movie, mm-hmm. but it didn't hype me up any further than I already was. I gotta say, I'm probably more excited. Um, seeing the characters interact, mm-hmm. you know, like Tony Stark and you know Star Lord and everything, and seeing Peter Parker on the screen at the same time. You know, I I almost forgot about that aspect of seeing all these characters, yeah. you know, huge characters that we've been watching all these years, you know, actually like meet up and, you know, be on screen at the same time together. So mm. I don't know. I don't think I could be more excited for this film. <laughs> I really don't. I'm I'm still obviously cautiously, you know, optimistic, but you know, there's some, you know, reservation mm. there where I'm a little worried because it's such a huge undertaking. Um, but so far so good. I'm glad that we haven't seen too much. Oh, yeah. I'm happy, too, that we saw Thanos, like, full armor. Yes. And I I'm think... glad he's wearing a hat. <laughs> <laughs> so we don't have to look at his raisin head. I it, feel it was... like he's not wearing the hat for most of the movie, though. Yeah. The helmets, I should say. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. It's a hat. <laughs> um, but I don't know, though. I think I think once he gets the gauntlet, I feel like he'll be, you know wearing that it seems like any war scenes he's wearing it. Mm-hmm. So. do you well before i start asking you questions okay uh, i really thought brolin's like portrayal and how he sounds and stuff of thanos sounded great yes and yes. i like that it's not just going to be villain villain he's going to be like uh more depth to the character yeah he's not gonna be one-dimensional yes. cackling villain you know it sounds like there's going to be definitely like a range of character mm-hmm. there you know and i from what I hear, there's a nice portion of this movie where you do get the origin of uh, Thanos. So that that's cool. Yeah, I'm excited. I, I've got to say, I, I <laughs> you know, right after Black Panther and the fact that mm. we're getting more Black Panther, you know, and this is a, 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 another aspect that I even like consider, you know, before <laughs> Black Panther, mm-hmm. how awesome it is that like two months later, we get more Black Panther. You know, I mean, that's that's awesome. Because now, not only I'm excited to see, you know, Star-Lord and Iron Man and all that, but I'm excited to see, you know, more, you know, Suri, more, mm-hmm. you know, T'Challa, just that whole universe again. And we're it looks like we're spending a decent amount of time in Wakanda, um, you know, just from the trailer. Yeah. You know, I mean, and it could just be like literally like two minutes, but it looks like they're spending a lot of time now, there. Did you did you hear about any of the story elements that came after the trailer was released? Um, I heard about the origin, like they're going to be talking about, you know, Thanos' origin. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I loved the fact that in the narrative where, you know, he's doing the, um, the voiceover, he talks about, you know, wiping out, or I think it's maybe Gamora 
It's talking about Gamora wiping out half soon. the universe mm-hmm. and everything. Because that's straight from Infinity Gauntlet. And actually, that's how that book starts. He It starts with Thanos wiping out half mm-hmm. of the universe. So, I mean... I mean, his motivations are clearly going to be different. Yes. But. Well, I mean, that, but that's true to form, mm-hmm. though. He wants to wipe out half the universe. I don't know exactly why he wants to wipe out half the universe. They didn't really explain that. Um, I don't know if it's just out of, you know, I hate everything. I don't think it's going to, you're going to get the death worship yeah. that you get, <laughs> you know, in the comics. Because that's going to be really hard to pull mm-hmm. off in, you know, you know in, in the first movie. You know, if this is a two-parter. Um, but yeah, it's pretty cool that they're staying true to form. And then on top of everything, like they actually used um, Hickman's Infinity. Um, one of the scenes is straight out of the book um, where uh, the Ebony Thaw is um, basically paralyzed Doctor Strange. And like, oh, kind of like, okay. that is straight from the book. So, I mean, it's they're really like, diving deep into like the lore mm. of like um the infinity going so i enjoy that you know and that book's only five years old you know so and all it's those char- things the black order those are mm. all relatively new characters so it's pretty awesome you know hickman's got to be just over the moon <laughs> um one of the things i like to think about was uh with thor they didn't show that his eye was missing in the trailer and then you come to uh, find out that, you know, he gets his eye removed and everything. Sorry, spoilers for Thor. Okay. Um, with this, do you think that there's more stones in that gauntlet at that point when he's holding down Steve Rogers? Ooh. See, that was another big scene, too, that I was excited mm. about. Because that is a callback also to Infinity Gauntlet, where, you know, Captain America is the last man standing, mm-hmm. um, or so we think, um, standing up against Thanos. Thanos has literally wiped all the heroes out. And then Captain Captain America just slowly walks up to Thanos, you know, and confronts him, knowing that, you know, he's yeah. done for. But regardless, I think his line is like, as long as there's one man standing against you, um, you haven't won. So it's this huge moment in the book. So it's it seems like they're calling back mm-hmm. to that. And if it's true to form <laughs> at that point, pretty much everyone's yeah. decimated. <laughs> Um, so if that is true, though, then he would have all the, the stones mm-hmm. at that point. So I don't know. I don't know. That's a good call, though. That's a good pull. I, I'm not sure. Because that could easily be redone. Yeah. Yeah. Although I don't think Thanos would struggle as much unless he's just playing with his you know, a lot of people. Eats. A lot of people say that he's struggling there. I don't I don't think he's actually struggling. I think he's just he's just pressing down. Mm-hmm. That's how I and see it. And just kind of testing, you mm-hmm. know, Steve's will. Yeah, I could see that. I could see that. Um, God, I really, really don't want Bucky to be Captain America. <laughs> <laughs> I really, after seeing that scene, I feel like they're really teasing that Steve, you know, dies in this mm-hmm. movie. And I really don't. Do you think maybe they skip over Bucky and they go right to Falcon? Uh, I think that depends on how Falcon does in this film. I just feel like Falcon, in the books too, Falcon mm. is the better Captain America. When Falcon picks up the show. I just don't feel like they built him up very well in these in this film franchise. Yeah, but compared to, do you feel like they built up the Winter Soldier? I feel that there's the enough shields? people that look at the Winter Soldier as a better option right now. Really? I think people are way more behind uh, 
Sebastian than they are. Oh, those people are idiots. <laughs> it's just, it's the look, though. That's the Thanks. reason. Yeah, man. I just, I... I just feel like Anthony Mackie has really just, you know, brought that character of Falcon to life. Oh, he's and a I good actor. Like, and I feel like he's a more well-rounded character at this point. So I, I don't understand why they would think that, you know, Winter Soldier is a better option. We'll see. You know, I don't. Why not... would you give the brainwashed <laughs> well, former Soviet spy the shield? I think um, there's been reports that the Wakanda got rid of all of his brainwashing. Yeah, I, you know, I would, I could see it if they gave, if he had more of a, you know, I don't know, an arc in uh, the first Captain America movie where we really got to know him. But I felt like he was so one dimensional in that movie. Where we don't really know who he is, you know, he's just like Steve's buddy. So I just, I like, I feel like I know Falcon a lot more at this mm. point. You know, I do. I am interested to see those two interact. Oh together, yeah, that though. should be interesting. You know, those guys. You know, because from what they were, you know, the, the scenes that they had in Civil War, you know, you could see chemistry there. So, but I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. And maybe Steve doesn't die. Yeah. <laughs> This conversation means nothing. <laughs> Someone's gonna die. Steve's totally dying. Oh. <laughs> so, but yeah, no. Like I said, I'm totally excited for this. I, you know, it's it's gonna make all the money once again. Yeah, Marvel's just rolling <laughs> in it. Uh, what? Uh, Black Panther was five weeks in a row now. Is it yeah. five? Of course, though. they're just killing the box office. <laughs> what did Tomb Raider did? Like nothing. Oh yeah. And I've heard nothing but bad things about Tomb yeah. Raider. But so we'll it might be that own, in different episodes. Yeah, that might be its own fault. But it like mm-hmm. movies are just bouncing off of Black Panther right now. So I mean, five weeks reigning—that's a pretty big feat. Because I think that's a—is it Avatar that they they just beat Avatar? That's the last movie that's done that box oh, okay. office wise, where they sure. like you know ruled the box office mm-hmm. that many weeks consecutively. So it's a pretty major feat to pull off. Nowadays, when you have so many big movies coming out, you know, one by one, right after each other. What's what even could stop um, Black Panther at this point? What's coming out in this next month? Do you think? I don't even know. Um, oh, Ready Player One. Oh, Ready yeah. Player One will beat it. We'll slow it down. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's still gonna do well. Mm. It's getting close though to Avengers. It's getting really close to actually becoming Marvel's number one movie. I don't think it'll last very long. Mm-hmm. I think it'll last for oh, about a yeah. month. I, Avengers what? Infinity God. War is going to just shatter everything. What a great lead-in for Infinity Wars, though. Oh, like yeah. Having Black Panther, you're basically getting a mini-sequel to Black mm. Panther a month and a half later. How, What awesome planning. Kevin Foggy. Oh, what did Jesus. you think about um, Thor creating his new weapon? Uh, the uh, God. Stormbreaker? Yes. Um, that It's interesting because that's Beta Ray Bill's hammer in uh, the comics. So I'm I'm kind of surprised they went that route, unless like somewhere down the line, Beta Ray Bill does get to pick out that thing. Odin actually creates that hammer for Beta Ray. I have a good feeling that we're never going to see Beta Ray Bill. I think you'll see him. Really? After what we got in the last Thor movie, how like off the mm. wall everything was, I think you get a Beta Ray Bill. He's such a huge part of like Thor's like you know lineage. I could totally see getting a Beta Ray, mm. and they kind of teased him too i you probably see the easter egg where he's part of like the you know Mm. and it's just one of his alien race i'm sure he's part of one of like the towers or something Mm. like that so um 
I feel like you get it. It's a, that's a really good art, too. As goofy as the character seems, mm. it, he's a pretty badass. Well, and what, uh, ta- what TT wants to make the next one, too, as well, so. Yeah, yeah, I, hope, I, I think they're going to let him <laughs> after the success of Thor. So, um, yeah, no, I, 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 I thought it was interesting, though. Mm. I, I, is he going to have that hammer right away? I'm not sure. I mean, they show him creating it. And okay. they show that weird imagery. So they of did him show standing. him. They did show him. Like right, that's what's what what's he's doing when he's pulling the um. The, there's the famous image that they keep showing over and over again of Thor in the trailer and with him, the lightning, right? Not just the lightning. There's the part where he's in this kind of like circle and he's, um, literally crafting the weapon, but he's like pulling parts. Oh, together. really? Yeah. Okay. Because we were discussing that when we reviewed Thor. What mm-hmm. is Thor gonna do without you know? Well, he a could weapon. just have power. Well, he could just be Raiden running around electrocuting yeah. people, right? <laughs> Good reference. We can, we I didn't can, even think we about can go with the Mortal Kombat uh, uh, vibe, but yeah, no, he's he needs a hammer. Mm. So I'm I'm fine with it. It's cool. Hammer axe, <laughs> right? Um, yeah. Anything else stands out for you in the trailer? Um, I definitely don't think Gamora is talking to Tony in the beginning. Oh yeah, yeah, that feels spliced together, yeah. right? I'm fine with that, though. Uh, was there anything else? I did like seeing baby uh, Gamora pretty much talk, uh, getting uh, walked with Thanos. The uh, directors, the Russos, actually did a parody of uh, the Logan poster. Oh. Just, uh, I think just <laughs> yesterday, they tossed it up there. That's funny. With her hand mm-hmm. and uh, Thanos' hand. You know, I'm interested what uh, Nebula is going to be doing throughout this film. Well, and like, once again, if they stay true to form, she'll have a huge part. A huge part of this film. You know, one person I, I, I'm imagining will do this in one episode, you know, talk about who we feel like is not long for this world. <laughs> but one person that I feel like keeps on getting left out, I'm wondering about Drax. Because Drax is, like, his whole mm. mission is, like, killing Thanos, like, going after Thanos, after what he did with his family. So I just, I'm really worried about Drax. Because he's one of my favorite characters in Guardians, and I don't think there'd be anything more heartbreaking than like losing him i'm telling you there's gonna be a lot of characters that are going to die but they're gonna just be brought back you feel like they're gonna get brought back like right away i i do like in four like next movie maybe by the end of four okay like i feel like there'll be a big like universal we fixed everything the soul gem comes into play yeah that could be true and that but that's actually what happened in the books so i mean it would make sense and nerds can't be too pissed off about it (laughs) it's comic books Mm. so yeah but yeah if you can't tell we're really stoked for this movie so (laughs) but yeah all right what else do we got we we're are we heading to the ring yeah we're heading to the ring this news broke today as we record today daniel bryant has been cleared to wrestle again by the wwe yes (laughs) (laughs) raised fingers and all finally you know, right away when I heard this news, I just started thinking about all the different possibilities. Just, you know, he hasn't had a chance to mix it up with AJ Styles in WWE, Nakamura, mm-hmm. Kevin Owens, Zayn, and now, I mean, it's just going to be sky the limit. I mean, you just hope he stays healthy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but I mean, I'm, I'm, I can't be more excited, you know, mm-hmm. right now for this. 
Um, I feel like we're definitely going to get the uh, Brian McMahon, you know, Z- Owens and Zayn match at Mania. I don't know if it's going to be a four-way dance or if it's going to be a tag team match. I feel like it's probably going to be a tag match after what we saw tonight on SmackDown. Mm-hmm. Um, as we split, we, SmackDown just went off the air. Um, Brian fires Owens and Zayn. And he ends up getting jumped, which yes. I think we all saw. But he got to put in his moves. He did, which was awesome mm-hmm. to see, right? And he looked like true to form. Yes. Like he just was landing on his feet, running back and forth. But what great heat for Owens <laughs> and Zane to like, jump him of mm-hmm. all nights. Like tonight when he finally announces his big return. Um, just great heat. Uh, yeah, and I definitely, I was telling Christian off mic, I feel like you're going to get McMahon next week or the week after mm. coming out and you know reinstating Owens and Zane just so he and Brian can face them at yeah, Mania. Yeah. So. Smackdown. Yes. Yes. <laughs> it's fine. We get Daniel Bryan back though. I see it as yeah, they they're gonna tag together at Mania. And I think they're probably gonna want to play it safe mm. his first match back and kind but of But I totally him. see uh Shane versus Brian maybe around SummerSlam or something like that. Yes. I was gonna ask that. Do you think that I think eventually, power struggle going down eventually, the road. Do you think Brian stays GM though? I don't think he's long for that role. I think no, he, but I think he ends up. I, I really until hope, they have another plan. Probably we were talking about this while we we're watching the mm. roster right now with Brian added to SmackDown is insane to have Nakamura, AJ Styles, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, Dolph Ziggler, and then Daniel Orton. Bryan. Randy Orton, mm-hmm. I mean, that is a strong roster on SmackDown. You know, I mean, the booking could all fuck that up, as we've seen. <laughs> <laughs> but, my God, it just adds so much more, like, just, I mean, just so many more, like, possibilities now. Jinder Mahal, two-time world champion. Oh, God. And that's probably where we're, <laughs> this time next year, we're going to be talking about Jinder being the main event at WrestleMania, being the Royal Rumble winner or uh-huh. something like that. Ridiculous. So, but, yeah, no, I... It's exciting. Mm-hmm. It's exciting. So, um, what else? We talk Raw? Yep. We talk Raw. All right. We're talking Raw. And we kicked off the show with Reigns. <laughs> the man that was suspended comes out. Through the crowd. Through the crowd. He bought a ticket. <laughs> I guess. He probably didn't buy a ticket. <laughs> with his tactical vest on. <laughs> Shows Do you think up. he goes everywhere with his tactical vest? You know, I'm guessing. Like, like he showers in it. I don't know. <laughs> Hugs Maybe. his daughter with it. You know? <laughs> Do you think she has a tactical vest? Too? Oh yeah, definitely. like the whole family wears tactical vests. <laughs> um. So yeah, he comes out, interrupts Angle as he's explaining how I hate the fact that they have Angle in this role still. Mm. He was kind of stuttering through that. I felt he's been a little like I don't know. He seems a little flustered on the mic. Mm. You know, like recently. The last like month or so, he's not as smooth as he usually is um, on the mic. So I don't know. I don't know if he he's not used to being scripted, and I don't know if they're forcing him to gotcha. be scripted. I mean, now. I imagine this is very heavily scripted. Oh that? yes, yes. Um, you know, he's one of those old attitude guys, so he got to do whatever they gave him bullet points, but he could say mm-hmm. whatever he wants. He just kind of makes it his, his own. So, um, and that's not how it is nowadays. You would hope that a caliber of you know talent. Like Kurt Angle would be able to have you know more leeway, mm. but he definitely feels like you know he's got someone else's words in his mouth right now. So, but yeah. Anyway, I hate seeing him in this role. Like, I feel like it kind of hurts his own angle. You know, like 
No pun intended. He's, but yes, no pun intended. Um, you know, him being this now, you know, standing against authority, but he's still kind of doing the work for the authority. Mm-hmm. Like, it doesn't really make any sense. I think and it'll come to an end by Mania, but... Yeah, but the whole point is, you know, getting to Mania in this match. You know, he should be, like, saying, I don't know, Reigns. You know, I would be pissed <laughs> off, too, right? Uh-huh. Like, why is he kind of doing their work? Yeah, that kind of doesn't make sense. I didn't it think about it. It doesn't make any <laughs> sense. They should have, or, like, they should have just fired him right then and there. It's like, okay, well, you're not GM now. You know, you can mm-hmm. make this match. That's fine. That's all, you know, you that's within your powers. But now you're not GM anymore. You know, we're, we can fire you, you know. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I don't know. It's it's a little ridiculous, and I think it is definitely hurting that angle. But speaking of hurting an angle, <laughs> so you have Reigns come out. You know, he tries to. What does he do? He's threatening. He says he's not going to leave the ring until Brock Lesnar. And then out. the state police come out. Yeah. They skip the security guards and go straight to the state police for some reason. They come out. They start kind of manhandling Reigns. Well, it was so much, you know, that <laughs> yeah. where he should be, you know, elbowing them in the face, which is what happens. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you knew right away that it was wrestlers because they had to read the Miranda rights to him. Like, oh, they were struggling to put the handcuffs oh, on him. Like, it looked like very, like... So awful. Um, but, yeah, I don't understand that part. I, I don't think it really... I don't think it's a good look for the WWE, you know? Um, and I don't think it really helps Reigns at all. Because mm. um, it does feel like he's just throwing up. And just reality-based. If he beat up a bunch of cops, yeah. they're tasting the shit out of them or pulling <laughs> their guns. And they're not just, like, leaving the ring once Brock Lesnar comes out, you know? Like, okay, well, you know, Lesnar will take care of it. You know, so it's kind of stupid. Hey, wrestling logic. Yes, right? I guess. Um, I <laughs> He's like Stone Cold. Champion. Stone Cold would get arrested, but I, I know I don't remember him. I mean, maybe he has beat up cops. <laughs> I felt like it was mostly security guards, though. So, but anyway, so he gets handcuffed, you know. But then he takes out all of the cops um, while you know, handcuffed. While handcuffed, um, Lesnar's music hits, and there you've got Reigns, you know, alone in a ring, handcuffed, while Brock is running mm. towards him. Which must be terrifying, even if <laughs> even if you know it's fake. Mm. So Reigns gets strapped on his head a bunch of times. Um, he tries to fight back a little. I think he tries to pick up a chair, um, but he pretty much gets decimated. And then Lesnar just keeps on coming back every time they try to like yeah. you know load him up on uh, you know. It kind of felt off. like Braun, but yeah, yeah, it felt very Braun. <laughs> not, right? I'm not finished with but you yet. Did it do Reigns any favors whatsoever? No. I feel like Lesnar was the face like mm. during this because like the reaction that he was getting, no one was sympathetic towards Chant of the week, you deserve this. Yes, literally as he's getting beaten up on a gurney, the crowd is chanting, you deserve this. That can't be what the reaction they wanted in the back. Uh, you know, they couldn't, McMahon could, when they were planning this, they could be like, okay, well, let's get to this point where the crowd is fully behind Lesnar and they're all chanting, you deserve this at Reigns. The guy that has to edit those YouTube videos for them must hate Reigns segments. Oh, God. <laughs> I can't imagine. And he's got to have them up, like, by the, ne- like uh-huh. the next morning, so. Yeah. So, I, whatever they're trying to do, and I know everyone's been, like, you know, super on board with Reigns, it, it just doesn't seem like it's mm. working. You know, I don't care. You cannot convince me this is working right now. Yeah. You know, after seeing that live crowd response that he got. So, I don't know. 
I don't know. It's it's just going to be a huge shit show at Mania. I feel like they they cannot end Mania with this match now. I would hope not, but it's still. I mean, unless uh, Taker Cena gets a big push oh, all of a sudden. God. I'm still saying that there's a strong possibility that you get Nakamura or Styles for the main for event. Main event? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like there's a good chance that you get that. Because they know that no matter who wins, the crowd's going to go home happy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and regardless, you know, of McMahon, you know, being so stubborn with Reigns, he always wants mania to end on a, you know, a big note, a positive note. So I don't, I don't foresee it. I really don't. I'll be super surprised. Unless they've, they've convinced themselves that Reigns has gotten over finally. Which they would be wrong. <laughs> yeah, but he's crazy enough to think it. I don't... I hope not. He is getting a little senile, it seems like. So, but yeah. We'll see. We got like three weeks, right? Yep. So, uh, anything else from the show? We uh, Strowman has to have a partner now. Mm-hmm. Which I'm glad about. I didn't want to see you know Strowman destroy the bar on his yeah, own. Yeah, but who becomes his partner? I don't know. Do you go like with a surprise? I mean, I'm assuming they're going to go with a surprise, but I'm trying to picture. Do they hold it... on to it till like? Oh yeah. You think so? I think he does, uh, partner doesn't. Show I hope so. Mania. I hope so. That puts some intrigue in mm-hmm. this match. Um, I like surprises, so I mean, they, it they work. You saw what happened with the Hardys last year. Do you do a legend or do you do a um, active roster? I think you do a legend. If it's going to be a surprise, I mean, it doesn't necessarily have to be a legend, but it could be well, someone you know coming what I mean. back. Yeah. yeah. Part-timer. Um, well, it doesn't have to be part-timer either. It could just be a big return. Um, or it could even be a call-up from uh, NXT. So I, know, I don't know who. I'm just throwing that I out know. there. I didn't mean to say <laughs> <laughs> I'm just. I can't wrap my head around who would be Braun Strowman's partner at the moment. Do you go Rey Mysterio? He's rumored. I, I would hate that. Really? It'd be Team Little Big all over again. Yeah. <laughs> cute, right? Them standing next to each other, holding the belt. Think of all the move possibilities. Braun good. would just be throwing exactly. Ray at people. It would be comedic. He could literally pick him, by, pick him up by his ankles and like swing him <laughs> at people. That'd be fantastic. The ultimate 619. Yes. How awesome would that be? That'd be a great day. Oh, and McMahon would love that shit. Yeah. He'd eat, eat that it, yeah. up. He loves the little guy, big guy dynamic, you know, in tag teams. I don't want to see that. I mean, that's basically <laughs> Enzo and Cass, right? <laughs> Give me someone else, then. Give me someone else. I can't, I can't think of anyone him. else. I can't Elias? think Elias? I could say Elias, because Elias has nothing going on right now. He wasn't, I mean, he's selling the uh, last Raw right now. He wasn't on the show at all. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, he had the big match against Strowman. So, do they, like, do they push Elias as a face? I feel like fans would get behind him as a face. Oh, yeah. I I mean, he's he's, over. He's over enough now. I just don't know who else. Hardy? Jeff? No. (laughs) You don't think so? I mean, you could do that. But after what happened? Yeah. (laughs) I was surprised he made it out, and we'll talk about it. On the Hardy compound match, I, I was surprised that he was there. I, I thought they might have like edited him out, but obviously not. And they're letting him. From what I'm hearing, reports are that they're letting him like get the ring rust off at the um, at the uh, performance, center. performance center. Yeah. So. No, I, I, don't know, I have no. I mean, I can I can already see the T-shirts. You walk with Elias, or you get these hands. 
But oh, that's nice. <laughs> that's nice. I don't. I can't. I want that shirt. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm looking for the pre-order now, Christian. <laughs> All right. So what? And then main event: Bray versus uh, Hardy. Yes. Hardy compound match. We finally got it. What did you think? Uh, it was a letdown for me. Okay. I mean, just it's something that they should have built up, made more enticing for months. Yeah. Since the begin, even since the laugh like uh, promos that they were doing, they should have just started showing packages of who he was and why he's like this throughout. Like show who each person is, giving a little character backstory to each yes. person, why we care. And that's really what TNA did too. They would like they did like vignettes mm-hmm. on the compound you know before they had their first you know match so um yeah it was it did definitely felt like too they were like playing greatest hits with it and i don't know if it's their way of like reintroducing you know or introducing mm. you know that whole world to you know a wwe like audience but you know for someone who's seen all the hardy matches you know on the compound it felt like okay you're just kind of doing like you know color by number mm. with it I mean, we had some fun moments. Well, but... I'm trying to imagine this as someone who doesn't know anything about this character. It's got to be you... really confusing. Because exactly. <laughs> really, I mean, God, how did Hardy even... He got beat up pretty bad by Bray, right? And that's what kind of broke him or awoke him, whatever they're going with now. Yeah, but... Now, when they did do this, when they started, they, mm. I don't think they had full rights yet to the Broken yeah. Universe. So I think at some point they did get full rights. But, like, once they got full rights, they should have been introducing mm. these elements, like, to his world, you know, to really let the crowd get behind it and understand, you know, and let him have little funny vignettes and everything. Because just throwing it out there on TV and not really having any backstory you know, it really just serves the smart fans who, you know, know yeah, exactly. the story all he was line. doing was saying, this is who this is, this is who this is, that's it. Yeah. There was nothing to it. Yeah, we didn't really get to know, like, why this, you know, world... Why is his so wife over. and children as broken yes. as he is? You know what? Exactly. Why? Exactly. Who's Senior Benjamin? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and what the hell's going on with uh, Jeff Hardy? Because Hardy has a little cameo in mm-hmm. there. He's, you know, he's got the Undertaker contact lenses in and, you know, we have no idea why he's the way he is. So, yeah, it could be a little, you're just kind of assuming people know this character. Um, yeah, so it was, it was a bit of a letdown. I, I would have much rather seen it at Mania and then you'd have that build up to mm. it. You know, like you said, do the vignettes, let them, you know, breathe, let people get to know the character. And then, you know, you don't have to, like have the match be such a reintroduction to this whole universe so and then what michael cole like burying it like beforehand like apologizing Mm. for the match that was really strange and that had to come from mcmahon you know i don't see cole kind of going on his own and doing that i don't think cole cares about anything at this point no but i don't think he's 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 still he's still a company guy Mm. and he still respects the wrestlers enough not to do that so I'm guessing that, you know, either it's part of an angle that they're going to be working or it was McMahon kind of distanced himself from the match. Like, the writers really wanted to do this. I don't know why. <laughs> I'm letting them play. It's the last 10 minutes of Raw. No one gives a shit about the last 10 minutes of Raw was nowadays. It, how long was it? Um, I think it was probably 10, 15 minutes long, if that. There might have been a commercial break in there. Oh, uh, yeah. So... Um... 
Would you be interested in them going back to Wyatt's compound? Yeah, I could see that. I mean, I feel like they can't just have a standard match in the ring now. And mm. yeah, I feel like it needs to be, you know, something on this level. You know, like where it's something you know pre-recorded, movie style. Mm. You know, I mean, just like either you're back on the compound or you, yeah, maybe you visit Bray. Maybe Bray, because now, right now, spoilers, Bray, <laughs> you know, was defeated. He was deleted. He was thrown in the lake of, what is it called? The Resurrection. Resurrection. Yeah. You know, does he come back as Husky Harris? <laughs> <laughs> I'd love that. I really would if he shows up as Husky oh, Harris for like a little bit. Just for a second. Then he's got to go back in the lake and come back as Bray. <laughs> Does, um, he, does he walk out of the lake um, uh, Jason style? Oh, God. Yeah, that'd be <laughs> awesome. That would be great. So, I, I don't know. I don't know. Because, yeah, we're, I feel like maybe now that, you know, Hardy's, like, in the middle of a match next week, and then all of a sudden we get, like, Bray on the screen, you know, mm. he's playing mind games with Matt again. This isn't over, obviously. Oh, so, um, but, yeah, I, I'm not sure where they go. I'm really not. It and can't as, be a standard match. As it far can't. as Jeff Hardy goes, I think he'll just be Matt Hardy's sidekick for right now. For a little bit, yeah, yeah to play it safe. Mm. He's got to regain a lot of trust. He's lucky to have a job right now, really. He's just got he's got to quit doing substances yeah, at this point. This is too much, and I'm sure that they were really worried about hiring him. Mm-hmm. You know, back last year, you know, and he's been a good boy so far but there was a lot of i know he had a lot of hard times in tna so you know it's sad you know to see a guy who constantly shoots himself in the foot and derails mm. himself but you know it is what it is so, especially a guy who's so talented too you know and they want to get behind him they really do i mean the rumors right away was that jeff was going to be like you know a main eventer yeah. that they want to put the uh, title or at least you know in contention for a title so and he can still go. There's no reason not to. But if he's you know just going to be this much of a risk, they're not going to pull the trigger on mm. him at all. So I don't know. Um, what else do we got? Cena. Cena calling the Undertaker a coward, and then Kane shows up. Then shows up. So how long does this go on before we finally get like? I'm hoping that there's at least like. A blackout or something next episode. Okay. I don't. I don't need to see Cena versus Kane. I don't need to. You know, I gotta say, like Cena's always been a master on the mic. You know, regardless how I feel about the character mm. and how stale I feel it is, and how I feel about him in the ring. Um, but lately, I feel like his promos have been really just half-assed. Um, I feel like he's kind of dialing it in. Mm. You know, like his whole, I don't know, there's like the cheese has been like turned up to 10 like on like some of these like promos the last like, you know, couple months. Um, I'm just not buying it. So I, I don't know. I'm, I'm sure the match will, that when they do have the match, you know, they'll put on a show, mm. but I'm not that excited for it. You know, I'm surprised how excited some people are for it too. Like, if this was, like, three years exactly. ago... I was going to say three, two, four years ago. Yeah, but, right. yeah, I don't... Because Cena, I feel like, is going to have to carry this match after watching, you yeah. know, uh, last few uh, Manias with Taker. Uh, and, I mean, I got to give the guy credit to wrestle once a year. I mean, you're coming in and trying to put on a huge show. It's not easy, mm-hmm. especially as beat up as he is, but, yeah. 
it's I don't ever think it's a good sign when Cena has to carry the physicality of the match. Um, you know, I, I feel like he's great at putting together matches and everything mm-hmm. like that, but he needs to lean on, you know, a more talented wrestler physically in the ring. Um, you know, like an AJ Styles or something of that sort. Um, and then he can, you know, kind of, you know, be the general in the ring and, you know, call the spots. But yeah, I don't see that happening in this match. No. So, and I could be wrong. Maybe they surprise the shit out of me and it steals the show. I doubt that. <laughs> <laughs> Not when you got Good. Styles and Nakamura. Yeah, no. Exactly. Exactly. God, I hope they give him enough time. <laughs> God. Um, all right. Well, let's 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 get out of the ring. I think we're good, right? <laughs> yeah, we're good. We're good. We're good. All right. The show that puts the story back into history. History is all about discovering the why, and I think that in that process, it's important to never take the story out of history. Making history come alive, one episode at a time. But this is a podcast on. The American Revolution for this series and uh, all about a free country, so do whatever the hell you want. Visit themondayamerican.com to get more. Dive into the Monday American. Don't worry, we'll be gentle. So besides wrestling, we also, uh, one of us saw a movie this weekend, right? Did I, though? (laughs) (laughs) You tell me, David. So I saw (laughs) The Strangers Prey Night Ah, this weekend, and I was excited for this movie i mean the trailers looked okay Mm. um so but to give you a little just uh synopsis the plot follows a group that gets stranded in the uh deserted mobile home park and is stalked by three masked individuals and that is you know a very (laughs) you know nutshell of a synopsis but that's pretty much it Mm. that's pretty much what we got in this movie um, this is obviously the sequel to the 2008 movie, The Strangers. I loved The Strangers. Mm. I still love this movie, The Strangers. Um, it's just a really well-crafted, um, just experiment in, like, suspense. Um, it starred Liv Tyler and Scott Speedman. Just super stylized. Just, I mean, everything a home invasion movie should be. Really creepy. Well shot. Well performed. Um, just, I mean, everything clicked for me in that movie. Um, I, I love that movie. So I've been really tracking, you know, kind of, you know, the sequel the last, you Mm -hmm. know, five, six years. And it's been in sequel, like pre-production hell. Mm -hmm. Every year it felt like we were getting an announcement. Okay. You know, it's, it's getting done We're we're finally, you know, in, you know, pre-production things are moving along. Um, and then, you know, something would happen. You would never hear anything else. So, I mean, this went on for like four or five years, literally. Gotcha. So, um, this year, finally, you know, it seemed like we're, we're going to get a movie. There's actually going to be a movie. Um, but then all of a sudden, the announcement um, that the original director, um, Brian Barantino, I believe his name. I'm not sure if that's how you say his name, um, was stepping away. And then um, Jonas Roberts was, you know, taking up the helm. Um, Barantino, he, he stayed on. Um with the script Mm -hmm. and i don't know if that just means he did the original script and you know someone else you know worked on it also but they got to give him credit um but there's obvious like creative differences because this was his baby and he was really championing you know this sequel for years so um he did a movie called the i believe called monsters um which was fantastic i really enjoyed that movie if you haven't seen it i believe i'm getting the name right 
check it out. Um, but, uh, so I was really disappointed, but, um, it happens, you know, yeah. it happens. It doesn't mean the movie's going to suck or anything like that. I was still willing to give it a shot. Yeah. So, um, I went in there with pretty high expectations and I left pretty disappointed. Um, <laughs> so to, to start off, the original Strangers was a home invasion movie. This is not a home invasion movie. This movie doesn't know what it is. Um, it really kind of, you know, took that, you know, whole gimmick, that whole element of the movie away. They put him in this, like, deserted, like, vacation trailer park, you know, resort. Like campsite almost? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Where, like, for some reason, the only people there, you know, because it was off-season, was uh, this family that were following, like, uncle and aunt. So they're going there. They're on their way there. Um, I guess that weekend or like that Monday after the weekend, they're sending their daughter off to boarding school. So she's run into some problems, you know, with school. And, you know, so you've got this family dynamic happening um, where, you know, the daughter is super, you know, angsty and just, mm. you know, done with the family. And she's crying through the whole car ride. And, um, you know, and then you've got the, the son who's about to go off to college and he seems to be kind of the favorites and, you know, you've got these parents who seemed a little, like, in over their heads. So, but unfortunately, the actors seemed a little in over their heads because mm. they did not pull these roles off. You know, I don't know if it was the script, but they were very, they just weren't believable. You know, I didn't care about these characters at all. So, I mean, so much of the original Strangers really were was carried on the shoulders of Liv Tyler scott speedman it was really about like how they were reacting to everything that was going on yeah. you know and you get you know like you get the whole relationship dynamic in the middle in the beginning of the movie you know there were you know that I, I believe scott speedman and it's been a while since i've seen it but he like proposes to live tyler at a wedding or something and she says no so like he's got the cabin all set up you know with all this romantic stuff but you know they've basically broken up and they're kind of stuck you know, in this, like, isolated, like, cabin. So, I mean, you know, which was great. It was a great setup. This was not a great setup. You're annoyed with this family right off the bat. At least I was. <laughs> you know, I didn't care at all about this family. Mm. Um, the performance were not strong at all. You know, the casting felt very, I mean, these felt, like, B-level. And the like I said, it could have been the script, you know, and that's why I'm not naming actors' names. I mean, everyone can look these guys up. But um, it felt like, you know, a B movie at best. So and That's um, what you worry about with a lot of horror sequels. Like, are they going to downgrade it just to make a cheap, like, This felt version? like it could have been straight to, like, you know, DVD. And there's a lot of movies nowadays, and that you know, mm. that are straight to DVD, yes. that are like art house movies, but... <laughs> But this felt like a 90s, like, straight-to-DVD, you know, movie. Did this feel like it would just be, like, a random thing you might scroll upon on Netflix that you didn't know was being released? Yes. 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 With no buzz whatsoever. Mm. I mean, basically, it felt like they just bought the characters, you know, names just to use this. You know, it felt completely disconnected from the first movie. It's, like, ten years later, um, you know... And I don't know if they talk about what, you know, they, there's no connection whatsoever, except the fact that the three killers are wearing the same masks 
as the original characters. So it's not even the... They, there's nothing. You know, I'm, I'm glad they didn't give, like, a background to the characters. Or they, I don't need to know mm. anything about those characters. But at the same time, they did, definitely did not give, you know, you know uh, do any justice towards Oh, know, yeah, the what, last what year was this supposed to be again? I think you might have just talked about... I don't... It, well, it's supposed to be 10 years later, but they don't really talk about... Like, it was literally 10 years, and I, maybe I'm just thinking huh. it's 10 years later because it's literally 10 years later from the last movie, but they don't really talk about it. I mean, these people have cell phones. There's definitely smartphones, okay. so it's some time later. But, um, do, yeah. Do they do the typical, oh, our phones don't work out here? No. Okay. Um, they did what they did in the first movie where, you know, they're somehow, the family's distracted, and the killers get a hand on their hands on their phones and destroy them so that's what happens in the first one but the first movie it was well done it was like played up as a really suspenseful moment when they go for their phone and they realize they've been bashed you know because they they're playing up the fact that these these killers are fucking with them you know mm. and this just feels like it's just kind of like a thrown away moment so that being said i did actually enjoy the score of this film it was overscored at points you know they went with like a really heavy like kind of synth like score which is really popular now with a lot of horror movies and just a lot of genre films mm. in general you know that kind of carpenter-esque kind mm. of score it was kind of neat but at points it was just overdone like it was overscored where it's like okay let the moment breathe a little you know sometimes it's okay to just have quiet mm. and that's what that the first movie did so well was it would have those quiet moments to build that suspense this movie had no idea how to build suspense whatsoever. Um, the, the choices that the characters were made were, were completely unbelievable. There's like a couple things in horror movies, like, you know, like once you get your hand on, you know, the movie could just, you know, end right there. And then, you know, these characters are constantly going into cars and like driving, but they're not like making breaks for it. <laughs> You know, like, or, or they're like, there's, there's a few times where they actually get on like landlines, you know, like it just, it made no sense whatsoever. And the, the park is huge that they're in. So there's not that like isolated feel to it at all. Mm. You know, it feels like it'd be really easy for, you know, these characters to hide, <laughs> you know, and not be found by, you know, the killers. So, um, it had a lot of like slasher movie tropes to it. But it wasn't really a slasher movie. It was like a slasher movie without the body count. Gotcha. You know, or the creative kills. Because you know, if, if it is a slasher movie, great. I love slasher mm. movies. You know, as you can tell, Christian. <laughs> I love a good slasher movie. But this movie just didn't know what it was. So, like, it, it just felt like the people who were behind it didn't get what the original movie was. You know, and why that movie works so well. So, um, yeah. It just, it was very, very disappointing. I mean, there was some creative atmospheric shots here and there. There's a pull sequence that was actually really neat. They used a lot of practical music in this movie, which worked at times, but it felt gimmicky, too, where it felt like, okay, the 80s are in. We have to use the yeah. 80s. We have no idea why they're using the 80s either. You know, it just seems like the guy with the, I, I believe he's called Bag Face or Bag Head or something like that. These characters are all really cool. Like, I love mm. the killers. I love the look of the killers and everything like that. Um, but, yeah, they're really misused in this. For some reason, he's, like, every time he's, like, hunting one of the victims, he has, like, an 80s song playing. Huh. I don't know if it just, he happens to have, you know, some radio station on that's playing 80s music, but that seems to be kind of his deal. That's the only thing we know about this character. 
You know, and then spoilers, all the killers die in this movie. You know, and rather easily. Oh. You know, except for except for the guy with the bag on his head. Yeah. So I was just like, why would you even do that? You know, if you're thinking that this movie's gonna do well, why would you kill off all your killers? Exactly. You know, so yeah. Huh. Very, <laughs> very disappointing. And trust me, I wanted to like this movie mm. a lot. You know, I'm like I said, I'm a huge horror movie fan. I love a good slasher movie. I'm willing to forgive a lot, mm. a lot. This movie was unforgivable. <laughs> <laughs> it just just did nothing Ugh. for me. You know, and I don't know if it's just me waiting, like since I've been waiting and mm-hmm. anticipating this movie for so long, but just you know what they put on the screen just was definitely not worth the wait. So I give it a strong pass. Um, you know, I'll revisit it on cable TV and like, I'll probably see a scene. I'm like, Oh, well that was okay. That probably wasn't so bad. You know, why did I hate this movie so much? And then I'll rewatch it and I'll remember. (laughs) (laughs) I'll remember. I already know I'm going to have this moment. Um, but yeah, so yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Don't see it. Christian. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, you saved me the trouble. Yes. Save your money. (laughs) So that being said, there's a lot of great horror movie sequels out there so me and christian were talking and we wanted to kind of do a list of our favorite horror movie sequels and just like every other list that we do it's completely subjective to what we think and feel and have had memories of some of it's based off nostalgia (laughs) Mm -hmm. some of them are just purely awesome movies that you should see but you know if you don't like it too bad don't listen (laughs) so but yeah so these are our favorite horror movie sequels Christian, you have the floor. I just did a whole lot of talking. <laughs> a whole lot of bitching. Well, so why don't you, this is going to be top five? We're doing top five, Oh yeah, right? top five. I couldn't, I tried to make it just three, but then I just, I struggled. I couldn't think of just three movies. It was, it was hard. It was difficult. Especially for sequels. I could come up with a list of my top yeah. five horror films. And I tried to spread it out between franchises because mm-hmm. I realized I was staying in just like two or three franchises. So I did try to spread it out a little. Um, but in that, just for a bit, sequels doesn't mean just the second film. Mm. This means, you know, it could be, you know, part three, part four, part five, you know, <laughs> and horror movies, it could be part 13. So Christian, you're number five. Well, let me take you back to my childhood where, uh, my mom, for some reason, really wanted me to get into horror. <laughs> <laughs> That's good parenting. Uh, we, we started a tradition of seeing all the Saw movies together in theaters. Wow. So she really wants you to do this horror movie. <laughs> How old were you? Uh, I'm not sure. Whenever this the second one came out, because that's that's the first one on my list is number five is uh, Saw Two. Okay, all right. Uh, just I love the way that they uh, the a lot of the kills in this. I will always remember, like I said mentioned earlier, the glass box where uh, she has her head in it and she can't get it out. And she has to answer questions with a gun straight at her face. Oh God, yeah, no, I, I know exactly <laughs> what you're talking about. And I mean, while that's not definitely not the most gruesome of the deaths in any of these films, no, <laughs> uh, <laughs> that says a lot. Not so ever. This one, uh, as a sequel, really set up what the next, what all the films from that point was going to be. Because the first film was definitely just it's these two people in a room locked up trying to figure out how to get out, and mm-hmm. everything was there. This set up a house full of traps, full of different um, it designs. Was very elaborate. Very, very elaborate. elaborate. Very well done. Mm-hmm. Um, it was very well crafted. It was probably one of my favorite of the sequels too. So I, I agree with you. Um, was the glass thing? Was that your favorite trap? Yes. Okay. 
Um, I mean, I, de- I like the one where he's looking through the keyhole because he's trying to figure out how to get out of the door, and it's just a gun. God, I just face. remember seeing these movies in the theater and just <laughs> squirming in my seat because you just know what's going to happen. You know it's never going to be good. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, no. Um, that was just This one really started the twist angle for them as well. Like, I mean, the first one has, of course, he's laying in... Spoilers if you haven't seen any of the songs <laughs> yeah. over these years. But uh, he's just laying in the room. He's part of the whole scenario. He's the dead guy in the place. This one really starts doing the, like, there's someone that's part of the group that's... You don't know about. Yes, yes, yes. I mean, really, like, I mean, very, like, intricate, like, Mm. well-crafted. Like, I don't know, like, how they plan these movies out. I mean, they're all... They all were released so close together. Because they're basically every year. Mm -hmm. And as a huge horror movie fan, I would actually get annoyed with the Saw movies, even though I enjoyed them, because studios became scared to release anything in October. Because it was, like, Saw Month. So they were just, like... Just like it was saw, and then like it was like paranormal activity yeah. too. So like everything else would just stay out of October. So it's like people want to see horror movies in mm-hmm. October. You know these movies sell themselves in October, especially. So um, yeah, it made no sense. But yeah, so but yeah, the fact that these movies were released so close together, you think that they had to plot them out, you know, pretty mm-hmm. well, especially with all the twists that these movies had and all the sequels. So, I mean, some serious writing. Because I know, like, James Wan, he stayed on as executive producer. Mm-hmm. So, and then um, his um, partner, I think Weigel, I believe is his name. He's, he's, uh, he does uh, Insidious with him also. Oh, okay. So he, he also was, like, still writing a lot of the scripts and everything like that. So, I mean, stuff that they thought about, like, mm. ahead of time. It wasn't something they just, like, threw together. So, I mean, yeah. Bravo! I, I accept. <laughs> I accept that as a, <laughs> he's also a really great villain to me. Jigsaw? Yes. Oh, absolutely. I love that he's doing it with a good cause and everything. That he's not just this uh, black and white villain where it's just oh, I hate everyone in life. That's why. I'm yeah, I don't know if I would say good cause. <laughs> I mean, he's pretty he's twisted. I mean, he thinks he's. Not I believe the in consequences. Yes. <laughs> yes. He sees himself as yes. like a vigilante. Mm. You know where? Yeah. It's a horrific vigilance. I mean, these are all pretty much awful people that he's like yeah. dealing with, but he's not really worried about the consequences to their mm. families, it seems like. But yes, and the fact that he dies in the third, fourth? I believe it's the third film. Is it the third film? At the end? I, it's either the third or fourth film. Right? And then his. I don't like... know why the third film is such a blank for me. And okay. I'm trying, I know it's a good one, uh-huh. but I can't remember what happened i'll have to watch it this <laughs> um but the fact that he dies and then he's able to carry on mm. his whole no it gets a little bsy yes oh by the, the last <laughs> one yeah it's it's pretty watered down mm. but you know the fact that he's able to carry on you believe it you know for at least a couple films <laughs> so but yeah okay saw three i'll take it saw three or two 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 mm. sorry saw two so my fifth film and i'm literally you know, it was a game time decision for me. <laughs> um, is Evil Dead Two? Okay, that is my fifth film. And the reason why it was a game time decision for me was just because I almost feel like it's a remake. <laughs> you know, the first one, mm-hmm. but it's such a damn good movie. Um, it is. I believe it's Bruce Campbell at his finest. I believe it's Sam Raimi at his finest. Um, everything about this movie works. Um, it's hilarious. It's a movie that I could throw on at any point. Oh, yeah. And just, you know, if it's on for some reason, mm-hmm. I, I stop everything and I just watch. So um, 
it's groundbreaking with how he uses his effects mm. in this. I mean, it's a splatter fest, but I mean, it really made Ash a horror icon. You know, and Campbell was in the first movie, but he's just kind of like a guy mm-hmm. <laughs> in the first movie. I mean, both of those films are part of the reason why I wanted to be a filmmaker in the first place. Yes. So, yes. And it's influenced so mm. many different filmmakers, really. Um, but and just showing you like how guerrilla filmmaking really is um, and how well done it could be. And nowadays, especially think, mm. I mean, he was working with nothing. You know, he's working with clay half the time. Yeah. You know, nowadays you can do half that shit on your laptop. <laughs> so, I mean, just, I mean, just a work of art, you know, and really just made Ash a horror icon, you know, one of my favorite mm. horror characters. I will time. tell you this is on my list as well, but I'm not going to tell you where. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. So it, it, I'm going to go ahead and put the ball in your court. Uh, number four is another one from my childhood. For some reason, my mom wanted me to continue to watch as much terrifying things as possible. Uh, <laughs> But this one was another big one for its franchise, Final Destination 2. Oh, that's a good movie. Mm-hmm. All right. Let me hear why um, you love it. I like that it gave all these answers to what was going on in this universe, pretty uh-huh. much, compared to the first film. I liked uh, the the highway scene still. Yes. Like, I, I, on a highway nowadays, if I see a truck with wood on it, I'm still thinking when this pops off. Uh-huh. You know? That's just... Um, those films in general make me more aware of my surroundings. Yes, right. Oh my god, yeah, that mm. highway scene especially that that whole. I mean, because all these movies like would have that big opening sequence. Yeah. Um, that scene was just terrifying because it felt real. You know, like oh god, you know this Very, could happen. Like, they get more crazy as they go on, but this one felt so yes. real. Like this could just because the first one know. opens up with the the airplane, mm-hmm. you know, and that obviously that happens, yeah. you know, and it's horrifying and to show it in such detail. I don't think I've ever seen that in a movie. But also with the, the highway scene, you I mean, in a movie, usually when there's an accident, it's an accident. But to have such a big, like, yeah, exactly. you know, pile up like that and see all the horrific things that happen. Each person people. that's going to die. Yes. Yes. Oh, God. That's horrible. Um, <laughs> But it just, it was a fun movie, mm. too. It was a fun movie and it was well done. Yeah. I, I, I actually enjoyed a lot of that franchise. So, um, you know, and just having kind of this faceless killer that's death. You know, and mm-hmm. having all these kind of it get it gets a little you know watered down once again. You know, by like the fourth and fifth. I think yeah. one, when they went three D is when they lost me. Uh, um, yeah. But um, <laughs> for sure, yeah. Usually when things go three D, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but uh, it you know it was another movie where I felt like it was very well crafted and thought out and creative with mm-hmm. their deaths too. You know, all these movies are very creative. You know, the Saw movies. The Final Destination movies, you know, very creative. It t- you know, you could tell it's a bunch of horror geeks mm. sitting around. All right, how can we kill this person? <laughs> Which sounds really morbid, but mm. it's really entertaining to see and watch, you know. Well, not even that. They're As a Fangoria this... kid, oh, yeah. I love it. <laughs> they, not, they're not just planning deaths. They're planning how to spot things to show that yes. this person is going to die. All the little omens. Exactly. Right? Which is fun. Which is fun. Because then, like, as a viewer, mm. you're sitting there trying to figure out, okay, you just saw this. What does that mean? You know? Mm-hmm. And they get they can throw you for a loop. They can be pretty creative with it. Um, but, yeah. No, I, I definitely agree. That's a great movie. I really did enjoy that movie. I'm going to have to... I've got two movies now. i got to watch this <laughs> Um. All right. Well, next on my list is Halloween 2. Um, this movie... I feel like is 
one of the strongest of mm-hmm. the sequels of the Halloween movies. I mean, if not the strongest. Um, I, I did go back and forth between Halloween Part 2 and Halloween Part 4. I do enjoy both of them. Part not 3, huh? No, not 3. <laughs> Although I do say, I, I do always come back to 3. I hated it when I first saw it because um, I sat there and literally waited for Michael Myers to show up. I was probably like oh. 8 or something like that, not knowing at all. Mm. Um, I think it was actually on broadcast TV, like on Channel 9 or something, mm. um, if you live in the Chicagoland area. <laughs> so, and that's back in the day when Channel 9 and like Channel 32, Fox would actually play horror movies, like, you know, at Halloween time. It just got like long marathons. It was, it was, it was great. Um, <laughs> so, um, but yeah, part three, I like literally sat there as a kid, like waiting for Michael Myers to show up and just being so disappointed at the end of the movie. Now, I've revisited that movie um, since then. And if that movie wasn't called Halloween yeah, 3, exactly. if it was called Season of the Witch, you know, mm. whatever their subtitle was, I feel like that movie would stand up more, you know, and I, I've enjoyed that movie. They were definitely adventurous. No, exactly. And I understand what Carpenter was trying to do. He wanted to make it an anthology movies. And, you know, to bring it back to the movie that I was actually talking about, Halloween 2, mm. he kind of like, you know, puts an end to that story right then and there with how it ends and everything. So you understand why okay, well, we can't have him come back after that. You know, he's literally on fire in, mm. at the end of two, you know, shot a whole lot, you know, and I believe there's an explosion. So, I mean, you can understand why he wouldn't necessarily think that, okay, bringing back Michael Myers is a good idea. <laughs> well, he'd be wrong because oh, four yeah. was fantastic. But anyway, we're talking two. Um, this movie uh, was actually done begrudgingly by Carpenter. Um, I think he was contracted. Um, he wrote the script. He did compose the music. He did not direct it. Um, it's by Rick Ro- Rosenthal, who went on to direct a lot of other horror movies. Um, but this movie has so many iconic scenes, so many like great creative deaths. Um, it carried on, you know, the atmospheric vibe that the first one had. Mm. Um, it helped that it was literally. It takes place literally a second after oh, the yeah. first one ends. You can you like you marathon those two together. Yes, usually. no, so and it's a perfect fit. I mean, obviously, Michael Myers is played by a different um, actor. You know, you can kind of tell that just body type wise. But I actually enjoy um, the Michael Myers, uh, Dick Warlock, who played the uh, Michael Myers in the second one more than I enjoyed. Um, Oh, okay. the, the Michael mm. Myers portrayed in the first one. And a lot of people actually wore the mask in the first one. So, I mean, I, I really enjoyed his, like, just the way his his um, body language and the way he moved, you know, it was very fluid and just creepy. You know, it was almost like robotic, but not in a bad way. Mm. You know, he just felt like a machine, you know, on a mission. So, I mean, to go back to the final scene, you know, where he's literally on fire and he's still Still coming after Lord. (laughs) Just great. Great. I mean, and Loomis is off the wall crazy in this. Donald Pleasant has a great performance um, as the mad doctor, you know, hunting, you know, the Mm. the great white shark. Um, Just, I mean, just a well done movie. I mean, the score is fantastic. They go a little synth on this, you know, but it's just 80s goodness. Mm. Um, Jamie Lee Curtis is great. And even the fact that they, you know, kind of, you know, uh, like Stranger, uh, the Stranger sequel, you know, kind of flipped the script where it's not, you know, kind of this home invasion, you know, film where, you know, Michael Myers is showing up in your house. You know, you, you've got Laurie in a hospital and he's just going after his prey, you know, going after Laurie. He's just and we find out, which I feel like would comes back uh, storyline wise to haunt the rest of the sequels that Laurie's actually Michael's sister. So they kind of gave him motive in this one. 
Um, which I think, you know, it made sense at the time, but I think the rest of the sequels kind of, you know, suffered because gotcha. of that. You know, even now, you know, this October, we're getting another Halloween mm-hmm. movie and Jamie Lee Curtis is announced as part of it. Yeah. Part of it. <laughs> um, you know, which I'm, hey, I'm willing to give anything a shot. You know, I, I, like I said, I think one of the episodes, I've already seen H2O. I don't understand why mm-hmm. everyone's so excited for this. Um, I'm just, I don't know. I don't know. This, this Halloween 2 is definitely, you know, on my list of greatest sequels of all time. So. Oh, uh, what number are we on? Well, three? I just did. No. Well, yeah, we're on three now. Yes. I just did my fourth one. So you're on your third, Christian. Um, For me, it was 28 weeks later. I oh, really okay. enjoyed the sequel to 28 Days Later. Uh, I, I've gotten a lot of flack from other people saying that I shouldn't like it as much as I do, but that was one of the movies I would constantly go to Blockbuster and just re-rent over and over. And I over. own it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on board with you. Mm-hmm. There's great performances in that movie. There really was. And I thought it, it, it made sense sequel-wise. Mm. You know, the story continued. I thought it was a worthy story of the first one. Um, you know, it does is it as good as the first no, one? No, but right. none. I mean, really, none of these movies are as good as the mm. first one. You know that we're talking about today. There's a reason why there's sequels. You yes, know, the first one was yes. so good. Rarely does the sequel outshine you mm. know the original. Um, but yeah, no, I totally agree. I mean, the heartbreaking scene of the father running away from the house. I need um, to rewatch this film because I haven't seen it in such a long time. <laughs> okay, really? Well, uh, th- there's a scene where the dad, um, they're cornered in a house and, you know, his wife is kind of like stuck between like, you know, getting out, um, like between the door and everything. And like, so he, he basically makes a break for it without his wife. Oh, and he's like looking yeah. back and you know what's happening in <laughs> there, you know, and it comes back to haunt him at the end. Yeah. But, um, yeah, that just the heartbreak and just, it, yeah, that's, it's, it's a pretty heavy movie at times. Um, but very well done. Very well done. So what was your number three, Damon? Friday the 13th, the final chapter, part four, if you will. That is my number. And I actually went back and forth. This was this could have been Friday the Thirteenth Part Six, and it was hmm. for for a few. I'm a huge Jason fan, um, so I'm a huge Friday the Thirteenth fan. So this is actually probably my favorite Friday the Thirteenth movie. It goes back and forth, depends on the day, between this and Part Six. Um, part Six is the first one of the first horror movies that I've ever saw. Oh, okay. So I mean, it has like this nostalgic mm-hmm. you know factor to it, but I I do just thoroughly enjoy that movie, you know, on its own, even without the memories attached to it. Um, but part four, I just feel like is just the, you know, the opex of like what Friday 13th movie should be. You know, it just, it's everything that you want out of these movies. Mm. Um, you, you even like the characters, you know, that he's going after in the, in this, in these movies, you know, um, Corey Feldman's in this movie, um, as the, he's, yeah. he's, a, yeah, he's, a, he's fantastic though. Tommy Jarvis, man. Um, great character. You know, yep, he's the I, guy. Tommy, I totally forgot about Tommy Jarvis. Uh-huh. Great, great, uh, nemesis, you know, protagonist, mm-hmm. if you will, to Jason Voorhees. You know, he's the monster king. You know, they made a, a game recently. Yes. And, yes. uh, you call in Tommy Jarvis as a way to save you guys. Oh, really? Um, he comes and saves you? That's awesome. Like, um, so a player that has died already gets to play as Tommy Jarvis, and then he has a shotgun, and he goes after him. Really? He only gets one shot, though. 
<laughs> there was he was supposed to show up in uh, Jason vs. Friday. Oh, okay. They were gonna do a scene where it was gonna be like him and someone else. I think Nancy from Friday Thirteenth like show up in like a trailer park somewhere. It was just oh, gonna be like okay. a, a brief like cameo. cameo, yeah. But anyway, that's all rumors. I don't know if that was definitely true, but yeah, I love this, that movie. This movie had um, <laughs> Savini effects, you know, um, who did the first one in it. So it's you know Tom Savini, you know, getting to kill, you know, his creation mm. really. Um, it just, it, it clicked just on all, you know, cylinders for me. Um, it just has the perfect feel of a Friday 13th movie, you know, just the, the way it was shot, the look, the music is on point. I mean, just everything works in this movie. Yeah. And back to the kids, you know, who, you know, usually are faceless victims mm. that you don't really care about. You get this whole like subplot with uh, Crispin Glover's character, who's just awesome in this movie. Um, it almost steals the whole movie, you know, with his dance moves. Um, him and his buddy, and I can't remember his buddy's name. Um, they have this whole like thing going on where they're just, you know, great banter going back and forth. You know, they're believable, you know, which you don't really get. Mm-hmm. Usually it's some like 40 year olds, you know, playing a 18 year old or 17 year old kid. Um, you know, you believe these two's, you know, relationship and everything like that. And, you know, their banter back and forth is just hilarious. And there's just some iconic, like, scenes in this movie, you know, just, uh, you know, callbacks, um, that are scenes that are called back in other, you know, sequels, you know, because they're just, this, this movie is just so iconic with its death scenes. Um, yeah, just one of my favorite, you know, if not my favorite Friday the 13th movie. All right, Christian. We're getting down to the nitty gritty. Mm-hmm. What's your number two pick? Army of Darkness. Oh, nice. Okay. <laughs> I'm Even though I, I, I don't know if I really think of it as, for me, I don't think of it as a horror film most of the time. It's still, I love it because it's part of the Evil Dead uh, trilogy and I, I love all the lines. I still yes. uh, use most of those catchphrases uh-huh. <laughs> on a right. regular basis. And it was ballsy. Mm-hmm. Like, what a completely different yeah. movie. <laughs> you know, they teased it at the end of Evil Dead 2, but you didn't think you're really oh, going to no, go yeah. to, like, medieval times. Mm-hmm. And, like, you know, but they went there. You know, Sam Raimi knew what he wanted, and he got it. So I saw that in the theater. Oh, really? Um, Yes, yes. My <laughs> friend's dad took us. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think he knew what he was in for. But I, just a hilarious movie. I could really say that they had a lot of fun making this film. And there's... It's just an enjoyable thing from start to finish. Yeah, it shows up on screen. Mm. Definitely. Uh, the pit scene. Yeah. You know, him, him against the uh, the pit witch. I don't know if she had an official name. Um, if, just, if that's not her name, that should be. Yeah, you know? right? I mean, get that tattoo. Just, I mean, it almost felt a little Three Stooges, mm-hmm. if you will. But, I mean, just one of my favorite scenes in all of these movies. So, um, yeah. Yeah, just a, just a, a fun fun mm. movie and with this being my number two obviously the only one i haven't said was evil dead 2 as i mentioned earlier so that would be my number one just so oh I mean. oh so you're <laughs> off the hook what do you like about evil dead 2 then what do you mean what do i like about you well t- t- give me something you gotta give me you can't just like oh well you said enough so i'm walking away <laughs> it's not that easy man what well, resonates with you christian with evil dead 2 basically the return with um ash how he comes pretty much comes back in with the chainsaw and pretty much gains all of his powers and all of that stuff. Not powers, but I mean like how he, he heroes up. Yeah. He heroes up, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
no, and that is just because yeah, in the first one, he is definitely just one of the more of the characters. Yeah, there. right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this just can't be goodness though. Like they like fully realized who Ash was, and they just ran with it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. No. How'd you feel about the remake by any chance? I, I I don't think I've ever talked to you about that. Um, I enjoyed the remake. Um, it didn't feel like an evil dead movie to me mm. like it didn't feel like it existed in the same universe it just felt like a completely different movie mm. um you know it was more like tone wise is more in line with like the first movie where it was you know trying to be like almost pure like horror yeah which is fine i enjoyed it um but do i put it on par with like you know evil dead 2 or you know i feel i, I think maybe i was kind of let down you know mm. um overall just because it didn't feel like it was i would definitely say it was vein. hollywood like Hollywoodanized, you know, like it felt like very, especially for the era of like horror movie mm-hmm. we were at that time. You know, um, it was like all the movies, horror movies that were coming out were very brutal and you know sadistic, and that kind of felt like that. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we, the first one is very brutal, um, and, and so were the other ones, but they had this kind of like almost you know, I don't know, like tongue in cheek quality to mm-hmm. them. Um, where this, well, one, they knew what they were, and they knew what they were doing at the time, like how ridiculous. A lot of this was the sense of fun wasn't mm-hmm. in the remake, you know that I the charm, if you will. I mean, they, oh, I remember when that was coming out, and they were like pushing hard, like oh, we had so much fun making, like they were really trying to get yeah. fans into it. Well, it, it definitely it. didn't show up on screen. I mean, it was it was still a good mm-hmm. horror movie, and I love the actress's uh, portrayal. Uh, I always forget her name nowadays, but she was in the movie with uh, uh, "Don't Breathe." Oh yes. yes, okay, yes, yes. Which I feel like we'll see a lot more things mm-hmm. after "Don't Breathe." I feel like she's probably slated now for a lot bigger like roles because mm. she was fantastic in that movie, whatever her name was. <laughs> <laughs> she's a great actress. But um, now that I've completely derailed us, yes, that's fine. That's what you do. That's what you're here for. <laughs> what was your number one? Did I say my number two? Oh, your number two. I apologize, Jesus, Christian. It's counting. <laughs> Even though I feel like I know what your number one is. Oh, you think so? Okay, that sounds like a challenge almost. Now I want to change it. <laughs> uh, my number two is The Exorcist 3. That is my Good answer. number Good answer. two. Um, I forgot completely about The Exorcist. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> this movie is by William Peter Blatty. Um, it's directed, written by him. He wrote the original Exorcist movie. Um, he had, I don't know if he had a falling out with William Freakin, but he did not, you know, he wanted to do this himself. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a struggle for him to get this made. Um, mm-hmm. The studio fought with him all the way, but um, I think it's a misunderstood movie. I think it's an underrated movie. Um, I think a lot of movies were influenced by this movie. Um, just, you know, just a lot of the scares that they use and like how stylized it is i think is still showing up in like certain films mm-hmm. nowadays um i think it was kind of groundbreaking that way there's nothing out there like it it's kind of almost surreal at times um you know certain scenes but just creepy overall just a really creepy movie um i feel like what hurt it the most was being called exorcist three Oh. Uh, if it was released underneath a different name and he wanted I think um, Blatty wanted to call it um, he wanted to call it Legion which is what the book is called um, I think it would have done better 
um, since it was called Exorcist 3, two, the studios wanted an exorcism mm-hmm. in the movie. Um, so they kind of forced it in there. They shoehorned it in. Um, it kind of feels out of place. It still works. It, it does. And it, it's, it's a very quotable scene. George C. Scott is in this movie and he's fantastic. Um, he chews up scenery like nobody in this movie. Um, the dialogue is fantastic. The banter is fantastic between the characters. Um, it was one of my favorite horror movies um, for a long time. It was a movie that I rewatched over and over again, even though it terrified mm-hmm. the crap out of me. Um, but yeah, no, Exorcist 3, if you haven't seen it, do not see Exorcist 2. <laughs> <laughs> There's no need to. This is definitely more of a sequel mm. to uh, the first Exorcist than Exorcist 2. Exorcist 2 tries to be a sequel. They bring back Linda Blair and everything. It is a horrible movie. Um, this movie definitely, you know, uh, I've pays. only seen the sequels in bits and pieces on TV at this point. Really? So I've never actually Shh. sat down and watched those. All Check the way out um, Exorcist Three. Really? Um, Brad Dwarf's in it. Um, the voice of Chucky. Um, also, I believe he won. He, he was nominated for an Oscar for One Flew Over a Cuckoo's Nest, which I think everyone forgets. But he is fantastic. Um, he's like a prisoner in the cell block he's like he's he's the gemini killer um but he's got some great scenes with um george c scott a lot of it got thrown on the edited floor um at the end of the game because when they wanted to put in the exorcism you know they lost some Mm -hmm. of the performance but what's there i mean is scene stealing and that's with him acting with george c scott you know in the room so that says a lot um but yeah no just just a truly, I mean, some of the scenes um, are just terrifying still. I know what's going to happen, and they still make me jump. Some of the best jump scares in um, horror movie history, I believe, in my in my opinion. So check out the movie. So I don't know if I'm doing it justice or not, <laughs> but check it out. So, but yeah, so that that's my, uh, that's my number two pick, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, and we heard your number one, so mm-hmm. I guess it's me. This feels anticlimactic now. I'm so sorry, you mentioned uh, your number five was my number one. That's why anyway, I chuckled at the beginning. Whatever, Christian. <laughs> you ruined the format of the show again. Um, My number one pick is Nightmare on Elm Street Part 3. I knew Dream it. Warriors. And I'll be honest, that was a... I was sitting there. That's It's on my list because I made a whole list of like 12 different movies. I sat there and I was like, do I think this is better than Evil Dead? Do I do I enjoy this movie more than Evil Dead? I I, I, I just think that it was so ridiculous and crazy at times uh, that, that it took oh, me out 80s, of the movie at 80s, the time. 80s goodness, man. 80s goodness. This is everything <laughs> I want out of, you know, a Nightmare on Elm Street mm-hmm. movie, much like Friday the 13th Part 4. Um, this just was fantastic. I actually... Feel like, and this is controversial. I feel like I enjoyed this movie more than Nightmare on Elm Street, the first one. I love everything about this movie. It has all the great '80s tropes mm. that you love. The kids all coming together. You know, you have this almost cool, like you know, superhero story happening where they gain powers, you know, mm. through their dreams and everything, become the Dream Warriors and stand up to Freddy. Um, just, I mean. Like I said, 80s <laughs> goodness. Some of best, some of uh, Robert England's best work as Freddy. Some of his best one-liners there are in this mm-hmm. movie. 
Um, you know, some of the best deaths are in this movie. Um, you know, the fact that we lose Nancy in this movie. Um, Patricia Arquette is in this movie. Lawrence Fishburne is in this movie. Um, yeah, some big actors got their start in this movie. So, I mean, just... I love Sorry, it. I'm Googling the, now. The soundtrack, <laughs> the soundtrack's fantastic. You got Dokken, you know, playing the theme song, Dream Warriors. Um, oh, the, yeah. The, <laughs> I forgot about uh-huh, that. Uh-huh, right? The effects on this movie, the giant Worm Freddy. Oh, I mean, yeah. Oh, God. I saw this movie, I was probably like 10. And I love Still one of my favorite deaths in any of, like, the big, like, franchise horror movies um, is in this one. Uh, the... Um, there's a scene where they've got this one kid who, like, he makes puppets. So Freddy um, wakes him up, and he's a sleepwalker. Oh, so yeah. Freddy wakes him up, and he makes him into a human puppet by ripping out his veins. And that's how he's, like, controlling him. I cringe every time I see this scene. So I have a thing about veins, and I, I, I'm sure it's because of oh, this movie. You mean that scene? Yes. <laughs> yes. So Christian just showed me an yeah. uh, image on Google, of course. So, but yeah, no, just <laughs> just a fun, fun mm. movie. Um, yeah, everything a Nightmare on Elm Street movie should be. You know, um, you know, if I want someone to, if someone was asking me what Nightmare on Elm Street's all about, this is the movie I would show them. I mean, I still show them the first one, but yeah, <laughs> the first one's great. No, Don't no. get me wrong, the first one's great, but if it's not. I don't. I don't feel like Freddy's fully realized in that one. You know, it's definitely hmm. scarier. It's one of the scarier. Of the, it's probably the scariest of the franchise. But this one is really like you know, and I felt like it's really where the franchise wanted to go. And unfortunately, after this one, it's where the franchise you know was trying to get back to. You know, after that, I felt hmm. like you know they were all kind of all like downhill from there. So, but um, yeah, the worm scene that stuck with me for a while. Yes, <laughs> yeah, some great death mm. scenes. Um, it, it really like as a kid watching it, you know, and actually being like truly scared of it, it made you feel so unsafe, you know, mm. that everything. The seat that the uh, part two, it's another, it's almost like Exorcist two. Part two is horrible. It is not a good movie. Um, you know, super over the top, campy. You know, they just really lost focus of what, you know, the original was about. So this was a huge rebound for them, you know, really saved the franchise with part three. So, um, but just, you know, as a preteen at the time watching mm-hmm. it, you know, and being in the 80s, you know, like you you wanted to be a dream warrior, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still a dream warrior. <laughs> <laughs> I'm totally playing Dokken after, at the end of this episode. <laughs> Well, maybe we can throw it in the credits. Yeah, right. <laughs> they won't sue us. <laughs> <laughs> They've got nothing going on. So that's it for our list? Yes. And hopefully there's some movies that come out this year in the future. That we that can add to our add list. Because, right? I mean, they've been they've been getting a little better. What? Sequel-wise. I mean, uh, especially with... Um, we had movies like Annabelle Creation, uh, Ouija, Origin of Evil... Conjuring uh, 2. Conjuring 2. That were all very good horror films. Yeah, they're not just like, you know, cash grabs mm-hmm. anymore. Because a lot of these movies, especially in the 80s, were just cash grabs. Where now, you know, you've got creators staying on and really, you know, making sure that people respect their mm-hmm. 
yeah. original idea. So, yeah, you're right. You're right. I think we're in this weird time where, like, film is being taken seriously again. Story writing, at least. Mm-hmm. Rather than, you know, we're just doing everything for money as fast as possible. Oh, they're still doing all for money. Yes, but... <laughs> someone Especially has the more... horror genre. <laughs> someone has more integrity. Uh, but, no, I hear you. I hear you. Where they're... Creators are getting more say. It feels mm. like they're getting more input. You know, they're respecting the creators. I'm like, oh, maybe they actually do know something about you know their own creations. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, go figure, right? All right. So now we're gonna get into Jessica Jones. I've been waiting a while, Damon, for you to finish the show so I can talk about <laughs> Sorry, it. Sorry, it took me a week. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't watch it all in one day, Chris. Everyone has to have a life, I guess. I know. Whatever, Jeez. man. Kids. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me tell you a little thing about Jessica Jones Season 2. All right, what's it all about? New York City private investigator Jessica Jones is beginning to put her life back together after murdering her tormentor, Kilgrave. Now known throughout the city as a superpowered killer, a new case makes her reluctantly confront who she really is while digging deeper into the past to explore the reasons why. So, Christian, what did you think about it? I love this season. For completely different reasons than I thought I would ever like this season. Okay. Mostly because they went in completely different directions than I could ever imagine. Um, was there dynamics that I wasn't fond of? Plenty. But the way it ended, the way the arcs for each character, everyone having different decisions. like Even like um, for Hogarth, I loved it. For some reason, just the way the story was written for me, I really enjoyed it. All right. Um, and that's my, my two cents, David. <laughs> so, I enjoyed the season. Mm-hmm. I definitely felt like it was... I felt like it was a step down from the first season. Um, I really, really loved the first season. Mm. So, I don't know if my expectations were too high... I don't know if the wait was too long. I mean, there was almost like three years, which I didn't even realize. Yeah, it came yeah. out in 2015. You're right. It's a long wait. Um, you know, I, I mean, we had the Defenders mm. in between there. But, you know, I just, I, it was definitely, it, was, it wasn't it was something I, like, it wasn't predictable. It's not where I was expecting the story to go. Um, you know, I didn't really think we'd get an origin story, especially this mm. soon. But that's what we got. I just don't know if I liked how we got there. Um, Netflix has been doing something a lot of series have been doing where they're, you know, they're getting away from like this episodic like format um, and they're like almost doing like this binge kind of like thing with them where they know everyone's watching Mm. like three or four at a time or 13, (laughs) you know, in your case. Um, So like they, they all kind of, for me, they like especially the first half of the season blurred together. Like I couldn't tell you like a single episode. I couldn't like do a run through, mm. you know, for, for the first half like of one single episode. It just feels like a blur. Um, it just like it, it, like in, each episode would get like entertaining, like with like 10, 15 minutes left. You yeah. know, I'm not saying that I didn't care what was happening to the characters. Um, Kristen Ritter's fantastic in this. Um, once again, you know, her range is just off the charts. 
super talented. And actor. boy, did she need to have range. Yes, yes, is a super dark season. Um, but that being said, I felt like it almost went like soap opera on me at times. I didn't necessarily, and you know the the acting in this, all the performances were great. But my problem, I think, was really just the dynamic between Kristen Ritter and what we find out, you know, who we find out to be her mother. Um, spoilers, first of all. What, what, should we just if say spoilers like every like episode? <laughs> yeah. Or if I you're guess. listening to this podcast, it's just everything's spoiled. So don't, <laughs> don't like listen to this podcast, mm. not watch anything that we're talking about because we're going to spoil it. So mm. um, uh, Janet McTeer. Um Great actress, but like the the chemistry between the two, I just didn't believe that they were mother and daughter mm. at any point at the the season. I just I didn't buy it, and I think that was like a, a major flaw. And the fact that like I didn't know who the villain was in this, you know, show. And it real, I mean, I guess that's fine. I I don't need it to be so like comic book trope wise, like where you like. There's a cackling villain, you know, it's okay. That really the villain is like their inner demons, mm-hmm. you know, their past, their addictions. I mean, for me, I didn't I didn't need a villain in this season. I just all. didn't know who it like I think it hurt like the climax of the show though. You know, where I just there wasn't a huge payoff. You know, the show just kinda ended. And I you know, I mean I don't know. I just it didn't really stick with me. Like I, I just wasn't fully invested at the end, and I, I was starting to get annoyed. Like, um, if anyone's a villain in this whole show, <laughs> it's Trish. Oh yeah, right. And uh, we'll, we'll let's do let's talk about like the characters' arcs. Hmm. Okay, so let's talk about Trish. You know what was she all about this this season? I mean, she had this jealousy complex for uh, Jessica having all this power. And the fact that she's trying to have so much control of her own life, but she can't reach that same level as Jessica. Yeah, and that's all like, and, and that's all kind of like subtext that's mm-hmm. happening. But like you know, like even how she gets like Jessica to take this case with IGH. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, basically she's she's researching like how like some of these super you know human beings are coming to be. She's get some leads, she's finding out about I, IGH, and she's trying to get, mm-hmm. you know, Jessica to, you know, take the case, basically. To help her crack, you know, what exactly... Yeah. And it all happen. starts off sounding like it's for Jessica. It's to help Jessica. But did, does it, though? Because there's parts of it that feels like they kind of, you know, show their hands pretty well. Like, yeah, she's the beginning where, like, she's She's struggling. pushing this idea of closure to Jessica throughout it. But in the... And the, I would say within the first four episodes, I'm trying to say. Yeah, but even then, like, they're talking about, like, they talk about how, like, her radio show's struggling and, you mm-hmm. know, how she needs to move away. Like, the, the station director's telling her, like, okay, we need to get away from this whole stuff. But she's, like, really pushing for it. Um... You know, it. I don't know. It, it feels like you can see her motives are there right off the bat. At least for me. For me, so. I, I definitely saw the obsession with heroes and like trying to tell that story. But I didn't piece it together until a little bit later. Okay. Okay. So that was just me. That's how I was interpreting it at that time. I was like, I definitely felt like something's not right about the way she's pushing it. But I wasn't aware fully that this is where she was trying to go with it. Yeah. And it felt like she was, I don't know. To me, she felt like. I don't know, like, 
she wasn't, she was really, really, you know, just being hard on Jessica. Mm. You know, you could understand why she wouldn't want to investigate this, you know, but she was just coming at her like nonstop, you know, um, just not letting it go and giving her space and let her come to, you know, terms herself. So it did to me that made it feel even more you know, yeah. selfish, and it, she was just like motivated by her own. I mean, you, you know, could say that ambition. maybe it played off the previous season where they were both kind of going after this at that time. Mm-hmm. They were kind of discovering more and more about this, what what could have possibly been, and then she thought she'd open this door to discovering. Okay, let's find out more about IGH, and then Jessica was just like, "No, I'm good. I'm I'm doing my thing." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. I just didn't do it. I'm making excuses for them. <laughs> I know, but... yeah. I, I just, it. I think, you know, the fact that they kind of, you know, laid those, you know, plots, storylines in there with the radio station, everything like that, you know, you kind of see through, you know, her motives. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I definitely liked how they played with her um, substance abuse issues along with... Um, taking this new superhero drug that I still don't fully understand how Simpson got a hold of this. It kind of felt weird and murky how he's like, oh yeah, I have this new, this new, less addictive, less... But it wasn't, right? Like no, it was yeah. it was still just as addicting, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, because, yeah, and how he's alive, right? Because we yeah. thought he was dead. Um, but whatever. <laughs> Comic books, <laughs> yeah. once again. Um, yeah, I did, but it, I almost felt like her addiction was more not so much on the chemical and it was definitely part mm-hmm. of it but more on like her ambition of becoming like a hero she yeah. was more obsessed with you know gaining powers and you know be able to stand up for herself and you know um do right by the world you know she kept on saying but it was i don't know like the, the whole uh, subplot with her and her uh, boyfriend you know who's a like very successful news anchor mm-hmm. um you know, or like a reporter or something like yeah. that who did, he like, he has He's major stories. And like, she, she talks about like how, you know, she thought she was in love with him, but she was more in, she, it was more about wanting to be him, you know, than actually wanting mm-hmm. to be with him, if you will. Um, and I felt at a point at the end of the season, I felt that's kind of her relationship with Jessica. You know, does she really love Jessica or does she just want to be Jessica? Yeah, that's how it felt to me. Mm. Yeah, which I, once again, I mean, it's a very complex, you know, story. Mm. Um, it's entertaining as how I did enjoy it, but it's just an arc that I didn't see coming, you know. Yeah, and yeah. I don't know, like I, that relationship is damaged, you know. And I mean, spoilers: she ends up killing Jessica's mom, you know, and because she feels like it's what's best. You know, for Jessica. She took it upon herself. Yes. Just yes. Not the right move. <laughs> and it didn't feel like it was the right move at no. the time, right? Like, you didn't, I didn't buy it. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that was another problem. That was the finale. That was the big climax of the, you know, the, the season. Well, I like that she made that kind of mistake. I like that she, she just completely falls into her own faults. And thinks that she's saving the world. Thinks that she's making all the right decisions without listening to anyone at this point. It makes her more gullible villain, I guess, at this point. And not, I wouldn't call her necessarily a villain, but mm-hmm. it made her that rift between... Do you think the third season is going to be about her redemption 
in Jessica's eyes, or do you think she's going to keep on going down this path? I think she's going to keep going down this path. I think now that she's, because uh, at the by the end, she's clearly has something changed. After she's up, I don't even think we've talked about it. No, she ends up. She ends up because she's so obsessed with getting powers. Mm. Uh, there's the scientist that's introduced who gave you know saved Jessica's life basically, or actually brought Jessica back from the dead. We find out Jessica actually died, died yeah. um, which is different than her original origins. And that we find out that he not only this IGH um, scientist brought Jessica back, but he actually brought back the mom, and the mom is you know in hiding because she feels like she can't you know reveal well, herself to jessica her she can't control yeah. her anger and she does you know she does like try to find jessica at one point and she ends up like killing her boyfriend mm-hmm. um who like that even that moment didn't resonate with me did that moment resonate with you the whole boyfriend thing like no, she basically it, jessica was very much in love with this guy yeah but like it's like he feels like he was using like he's kind of yeah. a scumbag too. Like so, like I, I didn't, didn't I didn't believe him when he was lying when he was saying to the mom, "Oh, I was just lying to these guys." Yes, it didn't feel believable at that point. Yes, where he's basically pimping Jessica's powers mm. out to these gang members. Um, yeah, and but but that's one of the reasons why Jessica doesn't want, like won't forgive her mom. She find she finds out what happened, and then like that's why there's that tension, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so Tris goes to see Dr. Malice to uh, get powers from him because uh, she discovers how he was able to synthesize um, whatever that was into both Jessica and the mom. Well, actually, and Trish is under the guise of bringing Dr. Malice to justice because she yeah. feels like he's still out there and that he, you know, he's making these monsters. That's what she's telling everyone around her. Mm. But we find out right away that really... She's trying to find Dr. Malice so he can give her powers. So once again, it's her obsession mm. with her ambition and, you know, becoming something bigger than she is. Um, yeah, so I... <laughs> Dr. Malice, like, he's definitely not the villain in this. You know, you believe everything that he's, like, mm. trying to do is, you know... All... He definitely had a problem, though. He definitely, like, had this... I'm creating something powerful. Yeah, him. but like you feel like it's with the right intentions. You know, it's definitely different than the Marvel character. The Marvel character is like this like watered down like Dr. Octopus type oh, character okay. who actually I think now has like he's got the uh symbiote like powers. Oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> like he's got some kind of like carnage devoured him. And now he still has, like, somehow he came back to life, but he has, like, some of the powers of the symbiote. Yeah. So, it, anyway, but comic books. Yeah. So, <laughs> this is definitely a different character. Um, you know, but he's he is that kind of scientist in the books. Um, but, yeah. So, yeah. He just... I actually liked the Doctor a lot in this. Um, you know, and it feels like he's trying to do right by Jessica's mom and you believe their... I believe their relationship more than I believe the relationship between Jessica and her mom. Mm. So, um, but yeah. I don't I don't know. Tr- I mean, Trish, it'll be interesting to see where they go season three with her. Especially yeah. with the powers mm. now. That she actually has these powers now. I see Trish plant, like training, becoming um, Hellcat at this point. And then just kind of having this kind of 
Jessica wants to stop her from getting in over her head trying to save people. You know, kind of. So you think dynamic. Jessica forgives her? To a point. To a point. Like, she has to put stuff aside to save her friend from ultimately. Because she's still going to care about her. Yeah. No matter what. And the, it's funny because they go back and forth. They say friend, but then they say sister too. Yeah. And you forget that she like she's basically her foster sister. Um, my favorite episode is uh, the Cray Cray <laughs> episode where they do the flashback between oh. like Jessica and uh, Trish. Trish has like, basically become like a pop singer. Yeah. You know? Um, I did enjoy that episode a lot. Uh, what we really needed was another episode with Jessica, like, kind of going back and forth with her mom, saying that she doesn't believe who that that's who she is, you know? I, I almost, felt that she grasped this being her mom way too fast. And that kind of took a Well, and then she it. meets with her in a restaurant, right, before she finds anything out, and she doesn't even, like, recognize her voice or anything. Like, yeah. I know her face is different, which feels very, like, so opera Well, if you're not expecting to run into your mom after 12 years... But you don't feel like... like I don't know. I just felt like she would have been... And maybe they didn't want to, like, ruin the surprise reveal, you know, that this is someone that she... Because mm. you would think that, like, you know, you seem familiar to me. Like, you see... I don't know. I don't know if you ever forget your mom's voice. You I know? mean, they could have thrown in a line like that, like... Yeah. I recognize But then I think that would have showed their hand, too. Mm. So I understand why they didn't. But just that, like, reveal of, you know, her in the basement of the doctor's house mm. and, like, smelling the perfume and everything like that. Like, okay, so the scent of her perfume is going to make you, like, mom, but not her voice. You know, that seemed a little, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'm just being a little nitpicky. But <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. So, um, but, yeah, moving on from Trish, what do we think of uh, Malcolm's art? I loved Malcolm's art in this. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I did. I enjoyed it, too. Because you actually... He's probably one of the most likable characters, mm-hmm. you know, in the whole series. So, um, I really thought they did a great job, you know, of dealing with his addiction. Yeah. Facing his demons. Even him, his interactions when he goes back to school to uh, do more inf- uh, investigating. And mm-hmm. he runs into, like, his old girlfriend and he has to, like, painfully get through that. It was yeah. all just very... Yeah, he still pickpockets her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, all for, you know, hmm. a good reason, good cause, but still, yeah. Um, you know, and you you felt like he was, like, really trying as a character hmm. to better himself. You could see, you know, his need to please Jessica um, and, you know, become a different person than he was. Well, he was trying to please two people that were both just out of their minds at this point you yeah know, both trish and jessica who are both just knee deep in their own substance and demons at this point yeah and like yeah trish definitely uses once again mm-hmm. <laughs> uses malcolm to get what she wants she actually throws him in the trunk of a car at one point yes yeah. i mean trish really is the villain of the story right <laughs> is it just pretty me? much but um you know and i i mean i love that character the first season i really did and i still i love the character she's just complicated now um, but I could definitely see her. I could see her being the villain in the third season. Like I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't go that route. Do you think the power gets to her head and she just has a? I don't trip know. Or... There's definitely going to be a, become like a confrontation between them. Oh yeah, you're going to get a fight scene. That was another thing I had a problem with with the season: the lack of like real like super 
heroics, if you will. There's not much, you know, I know it's not that story, mm-hmm. but there wasn't like huge action sequences in this, you know, show. Um, you know, so I think maybe that kind of made it feel more like a soap opera to me at times. Like I was watching a mm-hmm. drama, you know, like a, a CW <laughs> drama. Um, not that it was a bad thing because I'm fully invested in the characters, but you know, it, like if she didn't like once in a while jump really high or, you know, break, you know, a doorknob off, you'd almost forget that she, mm. you know, had these powers. Um, but Malcolm, back to Malcolm. Yeah, I, re- I really did enjoy his um, arc. I really did. Another arc I really enjoyed was uh, Jerry's. Yes. You know, although it felt kind of like unnecessary. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like Completely. they had... Like, it had nothing to do um. <laughs> with the actual story that was going on, the main story that was going on. I mean, thank God it went full circle. Like, there was still a slight element that was attached to Jessica's story. Because at first, yeah, those, like, first, like, six, seven episodes, and you're just going through this, and I'm like, why does this matter to anything else that's going on in this entire and story? And Moss is fantastic. Oh, yes. I mean, she might have actually stolen... The, the series, mm. you know, with her performance. Um, but I didn't even, I, I don't remember this character being this big of a character in the first one. I know she was, you know, she had a role in it, but they but definitely she's interacted, like, but it wasn't like at near this, like where it was like, this is a Jessica Jones character. And to me, that like almost felt like they, you know, once again, like the Marvel Netflix shows, you know, they go 13 episodes except for Punisher. And I believe Punisher was oh was Pun- no Defenders Defenders yeah. was eight right, um, where they don't have enough story like it felt like they were you know it was a good story but mm. it was filler, you know to me, because really at the end like did I need to you know unless once I, speaking of season three, does Jerry end up being like a villain? Because she's not a great person. No, and the end of that story is very dark. Dark. Yeah. I mean, you don't I you see... don't fuck with her, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, and then she's sick, you know. Spoilers, you know, she's been diagnosed with uh, ALS. You know what I didn't need out of her story? Why Why did Nelson need to show up? I think it's just a little throw, like a little Easter. I know, but it was just That's like fine. I don't see. I don't mind that, but that goes back to like, hey, it's all in the same year. Like Turk shows up. Hmm. too you know that felt more in place than well, foggy works with her though yes but so he, why why would he go out of his way to show that he cares that much i guess it's foggy nelson but yeah it's foggy nelson that makes sense to the character wise and then she helps them out mm-hmm. different at different times so i, I don't mean, know I for me it. it felt really weird when he showed up well i didn't recognize him at first for some reason <laughs> i was like wait a second that's foggy mm-hmm. so i mean yeah yeah i didn't mind it it, it, it was literally like a minute so you think he's out of the job or did she did she take him with oh i don't know yeah that's interesting right because yeah at the end mm-hmm. she basically wins her own practice like she gets enough of a settlement where she can start on mm-hmm. her own she gets like most of her clientele so i mean she's going to be a force to be reckoned with but is she though because she's going to continue to decline well and that's going to be interesting to see where it goes mm-hmm. so like I mean, really, I feel like this is this season set up for you know. Oh yeah. Story down. This the line. felt like part two. Yeah. Like how I would have met. Not 
not to compare it to Empire, oh, but God. this is just like <laughs> it's the darker season. It's just playing oh, up until what's it's definitely the next... a second act. Yeah, but for Jerry, I'm saying like I feel like it's definitely gonna set her up. Like I feel like there's gonna be more for her to do with Jessica. Mm. You know, in the third season, you know, it's kind of setting up her character where she's gonna go because um, I feel like she's not gonna stop trying to find a cure. Mm. You know, especially since now she has all this power. Uh, but yeah, no. Uh, what about uh, Janet McTeer? Well, um, uh, Ali, was her alias? Elias? Not Elias. Alyssa? Alyssa, thank you. I was like, no, that was the boyfriend's business that she named the company after. Yeah. Um, I don't think I needed that origin either. Well, and that's not in the comic book origin. It's the mom's name that she's naming uh, the detective agency after. Gotcha. So, but I just I didn't need it to be. Oh, my boyfriend wanted to call my yeah, because now I'm like alias. yeah, I'm like, like oh God, weird. That's kind of gross and doesn't mm. seem like Jessica to me, right? So, I mean, I get it. She doesn't know that her boyfriend was kind of a scumbag, or she yeah. kind of does, right? Not, not There's really. a few. Points. I mean, few parts where she's kind of like, hey, what's oh when she, he confronts Trish. She says, why don't you go talk to your sister? And then he comes to the bar and then he like oh, basically yeah. tries, tries to, to sell get, her mm. to get like her to back his um, bar. But that's it, really. So she doesn't know any better, but still, it just feels kind of out of character. I mean, isn't that the she reason she so... holds on to the jacket as well is because of him? Is that? Because she got the jacket. Well, she stole the jacket while yeah. she was with him. Yeah. I guess that's true. That could be right. Yeah. She just doesn't ever feel like the sentimental type, mm-hmm. you know, so it just feels out of place. But I get it. You know, whatever. Um, she was, I, she was. A, I mean, she was a great kid. She was scary. You know, Jessica's mom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you I know, definitely, she felt unhinged at she, times. She felt like a full character, at least. Uh, um, when she wants to kill the uh, other uh, PI, yeah, just because he's been in their way and he tried to kill them, and like she has no remorse for it. You know, yeah. she's like, she I'm going to do from... what I have to do. This is what i feel zero to ten mm-hmm. you know quickly you know and she's powerful i like the fact that they made her more powerful than jessica so it made sense mm-hmm. you know why jessica would be you know in fear of her not just you know like this is my mom but no physically i can't take her anyway mm-hmm. um so i i did like that aspect um i thought it was well performed um how do you feel about her you know dying at the end I was fine with it. I felt like that was the necessary route. You know? Yeah, I, I'm glad too because I I don't think I'd want to see this relationship go further or have that plot mm. hanging, you know, in the third season. So, but it, it, it's so weird because uh, Jessica's literally going to join her. You know, she's going to run off with her at the end. You know, even though she's made all these horrible choices and she doesn't know whether or not you know she's going to be able to control her in the long run. You know, Jessica you can't has this. Family. Yeah, Jessica has this loyalty <laughs> to her mom. Um, I just wanted she to doesn't see that built. seem to have. Yeah, like it, it didn't feel like it was earned. Mm-hmm. You know, to me, and I think maybe that's another reason why. You know, I'm just kind of so-so on this season. Like I, I would recommend it to anyone mm. who was a fan of Jessica Jones the first season. I just don't think it's my favorite, like of the Marvel Netflix, you know, seasons. Oh yeah. Um, so, I mean, nothing's uh, going to surpass Punisher. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, I just, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I, I just was expecting a lot more, I think. I really, and then what, oh, what about Oscar? Jessica's boyfriend. Oh, <laughs> I, yeah, it was fine. Yeah. What about I Jessica's arc? 
Where are we left with Jessica? I mean, Jessica... I mean, she's got closure, I guess, a little bit, but... Well, at the end, Malcolm is kind of on his own, Mm -hmm. right? He's started working for the enemy, basically. Uh, I don't think that's going to last long, because he's a good dude, regardless. You know, I feel like it's kind of like just Mm, trying to get Jessica jealous. Um, They kind of share that, like, glance back at the end of the hallway. And if he's making this much money, why doesn't he move out of that apartment? Well, once again, (laughs) he wants to work with Jessica. Yeah. Um, But then, um, yeah, you've got Jessica kind of, like, discovering that she needs people. Yes. You know, that's kind of, like, she, she can't do this alone. She can't keep on pushing people away. Which made me kind of wish that this was before Defenders, because that would have gone into this whole... How weird is it that they don't even mention anything yeah. that happens in Defenders? I don't think that they like were sure what was going Like I feel like these were on two different pages at the time. Because it was in the works, wasn't it? During that Oh whole, yeah, I'm sure. During Defenders? So like, do it does this, I mean, this obviously, because Foggy's with, um, what's her name? Right? Mm-hmm. He's working with her. That but that happens. was established in Daredevil 2. Okay. So could this possibly take place before the Defenders? It, that's how I felt. I was like, this could totally take place before the Defenders. But she doesn't, and the Defenders doesn't act out on anything or like show any kind of Yeah, they kind of make a, like a tongue-in-cheek reference to, uh, you know, your plus type likes to team up with people a lot. Yeah, plus isn't Trish in Defenders? Isn't she a part of like... Oh, she does show up in Defenders. Exactly. Yeah, so this... But this would have felt very interesting if it was before the Defenders. Okay. And especially if you got to play with that dynamic of Trish not being friends with her. Okay. And stuff like that, but still... What does Trish do in the Defenders, though? If this is... Okay, so this is before... Okay, I see what you're saying. So this is before the Defenders. Or no, after, this, the, this Defenders. after the Defenders. Okay. So yeah, For Trish sure, would because... still have that relationship with um, Jessica. So it makes sense. Mm. Okay, yeah, because definitely since she shows up in the Defenders, it would not make sense. Because I kept on, like, I was like, wait a second. Yeah. This doesn't, like, why aren't they talking about it? Maybe because it didn't do well? They want to distance themselves from it? I guess. Who knows? That's weird, though. That's weird. Because I really would like, just to mention, it doesn't have to be like, you know, cause, but that was a pretty big moment. Like, she's really mourning Matt's death at the end of Defenders. So you would think that that would resonate more throughout this season. You know, and but she's kind of, I guess she's just, you know, being just mm-hmm. like a judge. She's drinking it away, right? And um, Foggy could have been <laughs> mourning it a little bit instead. Yeah, of... well, he's there for I a minute. <laughs> When you went with the, like a black, I'm just gonna keep a, complaining about a, Foggy. A black, you just don't like Foggy. <laughs> <laughs> you went with like a black armband with like DD on it or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> Maybe a little too on the nose. Um, but yeah, Jessica's arc was interesting because really, I feel like she's kind of left off in the best place. You know, she's accepting that she needs people around her, and she has hmm. people around. There's definitely her. a lot of growth. Yeah. I mean, she. I, I felt like she really did use Oscar a whole lot, you know, mm. in between. I mean, all these characters are using each other and manipulating each other. But I feel like her intentions are sincere, you know, and I feel like I believe their relationship. I don't know if I'm a huge fan of the character of Oscar, you know. I feel like he's kind of plot device yeah, you know. Yeah, it was where... just like... He's just the... the oh, he just the happens sexy to... sexy artist, uh... <laughs> landlord guy... <laughs> 
you know, that old, you know, yeah, ex-con who can make, yeah. <laughs> make IDs out make of IDs, nowhere. Like, yeah. Okay. He's a giant, sexy plot device, right? <laughs> um, yeah, but whatever. It worked, mm-hmm. right? Kind of. <laughs> I like the kid. Oh, yeah. I you like know? the kid's elements. Yeah, I felt like that kind of brought a different dimension to Jessica, too. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no. Uh, yeah, I mean, what, what, what grade would you give this? Uh, out of, let's say five stars. Five stars, I would give it a four. You give it a four. Mm. I'm gonna go a solid three. I'm gonna go a solid three. I just don't think it lived up to the first season. You know, I, that's where I'm at. I mm. feel like you know, if the first season wasn't so great, I'd probably give it a higher ranking. Now, don't get me wrong. I don't think this was better than the first season. No, no, I'm sure it's first season for you. That's like what, right, hand in hand with like The Punisher. Yeah, pretty much. Like your your Netflix, your favorite Honestly, Marvel Punisher Netflix shows. Honestly, Punisher has taken over, but yes. Okay, okay. Which I think is fair. Mm. The first season of this is great. You know, I, you know, I, I've got probably, man, for me, it's probably a, a two-way tie, you know, between, it, maybe a three-way tie. I really did enjoy the first season of Daredevil a lot. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. They're all really good shows. Oh, yeah. Except for Iron Fist. <laughs> Fuck that shit. <laughs> <sighs> and we're still getting a second season yeah but like the second season of iron fist feels like it's gonna happen like right away like they're already i think they're in post-production for that yeah. why the hell did it take so long for jessica jones season two to come out the show was a hit the first season was a hit i don't know they had a plan they had they wanted to get each show out then have the defenders and then continue that's yeah, what they but, were doing but daredevil got a second season i don't think they had the full plan for the defenders at that point okay they did the first season well, they announced everything to get i don't know whatever those Netflix people don't know what they're doing. <laughs> now I think everything's going to be faster. I That's hope how so. I, think. I hope so because I can't wait another three years mm. for the third season of this. You know, and it really doesn't sound like they're going to do a Defenders uh, sequel. You're not going to get a season two of the Defenders, not for a while at least. You know, because I uh, Kristen Ritter said it actually, like she's not sure if they're going to go down that path again. Mm. So I don't know. I don't know. It. it Three years is a long time to wait for a TV show. Yeah, you know. So, but this is this is Netflix. This isn't the same type of yeah. But they style got tons of money. They can do whatever the hell. Yeah, they I want. know. What I'm saying. I'm saying just <laughs> come like, on, pump this shit out. <laughs> <laughs> they have this weird schedule plan for it. Yeah, I, I guess. I guess, and maybe they're trying to follow like a, a specific story narrative. Mm. So, and this just kind of fit perfectly for Jessica Jones. You know. We'll see where any of them are after yeah. the events. And who of knows? Maybe Jessica or... pops up in, you know, Luke Cage. Who knows? Mm-hmm. You know, I doubt it, but you know, I wouldn't be upset about it either. Yeah. So we have Luke Cage, then Iron. But now we got a freaking oh, Oscars well, Luke... in the way now too, because I just want Os- I want Jessica and. Uh... Is he really in the way? Well, no. Luke will see to that. <laughs> but I just want Luke and Jessica to be a thing finally. <laughs> Anyway, so that's going to do it, right? Yep, that's going to do it. That's going to do it for a Jessica Jones review. Watch it. Definitely. Uh, watch it. Come back. Listen to us again. And call us idiots. <laughs> <laughs> These guys don't know what the hell they're talking about. Um, but before we go, a uh, couple quick shout outs to mm-hmm. some awesome shows that you should be listening to. Yes, we definitely want you to check out Goddamn Mondays. Uh, a podcast to distract from the Monday struggle. 
Listen to them on Google Play, iTunes, Stitcher, Potable, and TuneIn. All uh, right. We also want to shout out Long Coat Mafia Pod, uh, a geek podcast that ranges from convention panels to interviews to host-based episodes and live events. Yeah, check them out on all their platforms, and they're at Long Coat Mafia. All right. On Twitter. So, uh, um, and... Of course, we want to shout out our house band, Them Guilty Aces. Mm, probably playing now, right? I would hope so. <laughs> <laughs> That's your job, Christian. Um, yeah, check them out on iTunes. Um, follow them on Twitter. They got a new video up on YouTube right now for the newest album, dropping any day now. Um, yeah, uh, great rockabilly band, great music. Um, if you live in the Chicagoland area, you know, catch them You know, on one of their dates. Uh, then we want to check us out. You know, we're also on iTunes. We're also on Podbean. We are also on 12 Ounce Radio. Um, and what else, Damon? We're on Stitcher and Google Play. Yes. We that just, just happened this week, right? I know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're going to run out of space in our tweets soon. I know, God. <laughs> Speaking of tweets, we're on Twitter. You can always reach us there. That's right. Interact with us. Give us some feedback. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, speaking of iTunes, make sure you subscribe, rate, and review us. Yes. That's how podcasts like us thrive. <laughs> so if you like what you hear, even mm-hmm. if you don't like what you hear, throw us a bone. Okay? Also, if Twitter isn't your thing, we're on Facebook. You know? That's right. We're on Facebook mm-hmm. and maybe Instagram soon, Christian. Maybe even after this episode comes out. Wow. We'll just start posting. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's going to do it. Mm-hmm. I'm Christian. And I'm Damon. That's the Amazing Nerd Show.